Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinara. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's going to be sick. Marinaro, the sick podcast, and welcome on this Tuesday, March 28th. It is a couple of minutes past 10 p.m. right here. You're watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I uh, got myself a new pen today. I actually uh, jotted down a few things. It's it's nice. I, uh, You know, it's one of these pens that writes nice and smooth. You see, that's the way, like they said on the Flintstones, nice and smooth. See, that's the way. I'm not in a very good mood today, by the way. I'm going to tell you why in just a second here. As a matter of fact, no, I'm not very happy. I'm in a foul mood today, a very, very foul mood. Uh, but in the meantime, I am happy to tell you that SIG Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. I'm going to bring you the show with a lot of energy tonight. Trust me when I tell you that because they are a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different like me. And also brought to you in part by La Bit at TB, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. The Canadians and the Philadelphia Flyers. It was the debut for Sean Farrell, and the Canadians lose in Philly to John Tortorella's Flyers by a score of 3-2. to two. This one decided pretty much right uh, until the end of the game there. Uh, Raphael Arvey-Pinard narrowed the lead with seconds left in the game, but uh, it was uh, too little too late for the Canadians. Uh, who were tied at one, but the uh, Flyers' goal uh, put the Flyers up by a score of 2-1 to one with 2 minutes and 15 seconds left in regulation. Owen Tippett added a goal with a minute 56 left in regulation. That was um, an empty netter on a giveaway from Mike Matheson and then Raphael rv Pinard once again, who narrows the lead with 23 seconds left. And I should tell you that Brendan Gallagher, for a second night in a row, scored again. Man, that was a nice shot. Not a bad night for Caden Primo. Uh, you know, uh, the Flyers had 27 shots, and Primo did everything he could. I don't think any of them were on him. We'll discuss Caden Primo and other prospects and the game with former Montreal Canadian scout and now of recruits and recruits.ca. Grant McCag, what's happening with you? You're in a foul mood, Tony. I'm in a, I'm in a foul mood. You should get a chicken sponsor. Uh, a chicken sponsor? Towel mood, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, as a matter you. of fact, uh, I've been eating chicken and <laughs> pretty much nothing but chicken for the last couple of days, and, and this explains uh, one of the reasons that explains my foul mood, Grant, which I wanted to get to is, uh, folks, if you see that I'm like not at a hundred percent, or I'm 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 I've lost a little bit of patience, or I have a headache, 
and or I have to rush to the bathroom to pee. Well, I told you I was going to start a lifestyle change, and I did. And that lifestyle change obviously has me on a lot less calorie intake now than before. It has me on less sugar now than it did before. And so I'm battling through a couple of side effects for the first couple of days, which I've been told already in advance would probably last for about a week. So I'm a little antsy. I'm a little cranky. I'm I'm in a little bit of a foul mood, but I'm happy because a couple of days in, I already feel lighter. And if you're wondering, um, you know, why I might have to leave at some point to pee, well, there's four liters Y. All right. And uh, I finish that every day. All right. Okay. I got that out of the way. What's going on with you? Oh, I, I got my water too there, Tony. Yeah. Okay, good. You drink four liters Hydrated. a day? I try to. Yeah, that's pretty much all I drink, really. Oh, good for you. All right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty much all I drink over the next little while. I have the feeling too. All right. Okay. Uh, Sean Farrell. We'll talk about his debut in just a second. Did you have a chance to see Marty St. Louis pregame uh, with members of the media in the little scrum there? Asked about, you know, what's going on, who's playing, who's not playing, what lineup changes, all that stuff. Did you see that? No, I missed that. All right. So I'm going to show it to you. Daniello okay. and Sammy in Master Control, bring it up. On se prépare pour un premier match. Des fois, on a juste une journée. C'est un peu ça pour Sean. Sean Farrell aujourd'hui. Oui, non, il va jumper dans la game. Qu'est-ce que tu sentais qu'il était peut-être à l'aise ou prêt à. Ah, c'est une question pour Kent, ça. Est-ce que euh, y a des changements ou ça va être le seul? Non, ouais, le seul changement, c'est un homme qui va sortir. Okay. Je comprends pas. Question pour Ken. Ouais. Fait ton line-up? Ouais, c'est une question pour Ken. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. What you don't see is the look of Morris, Rocket, Richard, which have surprised a lot of people, right? We have surprised a lot of people. We, we're not showing you the actual video because of copyright laws and stuff like that. Uh, we can't. Uh, in the couple of cases that we did show a video or two, boom, we got our hand slapped right away. And uh, there's only so many times you can slap, you get your hand slapped on YouTube before you're in, uh, you're in a little bit of trouble. So basically what he said was um, Farrell's going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tierney's going to be out. And in the end, Tierney ended up playing. And it was Kirby Doc that was out because he was out due to injury. And we'll get to that in a second. And then uh, he was asked, you know, you, you obviously thought that Farrell could make the jump and come in right away. And he said, that's a question for Kent. And then he was asked again, like, you know, question for Kent. What do, you, what do you mean? And he said, yeah, that's a question for Kent. And he looked at the reporter, who I believe was Simon Olivier Larange uh, from La Presse, with, these Morris, with this Morris Richard look. The glare, like he, yeah, the glare. He wasn't happy. It looked like he. I don't know what happened here, Grant, and and we can only speculate at this point until we get more information. But and I'm sure that Marty Saint Louis is a fan of Sean Farrell's, but it didn't look like his intention was to have him in the lineup already tonight. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he doesn't have a practice in. I don't know where you stand on that. Uh, he was probably wanted to show him a few things or wanted him to wait a little bit. I'm not sure. But you heard it. I saw it and heard it. What do you think? 
Hmm. That's interesting. I think uh, uh, likely, you know, uh, negotiations with, uh, and I mean, I'm just going to speculate, obviously, but... Uh, Please do. Please speculate, because I have a speculation, <laughs> too. Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm thinking maybe, you know, when uh, Hugh sat down with the uh, with the agent, and I mean, I, I you know, I don't know exactly how these things go, but, you know, maybe there was a guarantee made that he would play uh, the last 10 games of the season or something like that. Like, how many games do they have left? Like, counting tonight? Like yeah. maybe, you know, maybe there was something there that, you know, uh, to entice him to come, you know, like maybe sometimes you have to dangle a carrot for these guys to, to come early, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they played game 75 tonight, did they not? Okay, so I mean, the last eight games or what, you know, who knows, like maybe, you know, uh, there, there was a promise made that, uh, that, that he plays yeah. in their, you know. Seven the, left. You know, Grant, the last I, eight I, games counting tonight, and that uh, you know that that's part of the reason why he decided to sign. Like I don't, I don't know for sure, but it it probably has something to do with with Kent making a promise to the agent that he'd play without, and you know, and yeah, usually that's left up to the coach, right? And I guess maybe perhaps, yeah. Marty doesn't, and I don't. I don't blame him for thinking that you know we should probably get some practices under his belt before he sticks him out there. But yeah, look, I, 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 at this stage of the season and uh, what they're playing for. I mean, they're not playing for anything. Actually, you know what? Uh, every loss is better than a win at this point because you want to at least be the fifth worst team in the National Hockey League to give yourself the best shot at Connor Bedard. Doesn't look like. Uh, they're going to, you know, be able to finish better than that um, or worse than that, depending on which way you look at it. But my right. speculation is pretty much on par with yours. I said to Jean-Charles Lajoie earlier tonight on TVA Sports Television, I said, I'm just speculating here. So here's my speculation. Hughes talks with the agent, talks with him, talks with uh, Sean Farrell and says, yeah, you know what, kid? You're going to play your first game in Philly, right? Thinking. They're playing two games and two nights. They're playing in Buffalo the night before. Chances are Marty's going to make a change as well because, you know what, uh, two games and two nights, you maybe want to have somebody with fresh legs. So Hughes probably taking it for granted, assuming that Farrell's going to play. says, yeah, kid, you'll play your first game in Philly. And then he says to uh, Marty, uh, yeah, so what are we looking at tonight? And the kid, ah, oh, the kid, you know what, Kent? Yeah, I want to give him a couple of days before I get him in the lineup. And I also want to reward the guys in Buffalo. You know, a uh, big win last night, this, that. I'm going to play the same team. Uh, yeah, but Marty, I already told the agent. I already told the kid that the kid's playing. Well, Kent, yeah. I mean, why did you do that for? I mean, uh, no, I don't want him to play. Not tonight. Yeah, but, you know, like Marty, now I already told him, like, what do I do? I mean, I can't go back and tell the kid or the agent he's not playing. And so that's my speculation. I could end up being way off, way off. I don't expect anyone to admit it, by the way. I don't expect Marty St. Louis tomorrow to tell you the true story because he would have told you today. And I don't expect Kent Hughes to come out and tell you what's happening in-house because that's a conversation between them too. So that's what right. I think. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know that it was maybe the smartest thing, but, you know, Marty's pretty spontaneous and I think he just reacted, you know, how he felt at the time, but it might have been best for him not to, you know, answer the question that way. But it, I mean, it, what's done is done. So, you know, well, there'll be lots of speculation in the Montreal media over the next couple yeah, of days. Sure. Yeah, this is um, this is what I say to to that is that um, 
the coach talks too much, man. I like, I, I'm going to be in the minority here. Okay. Because members of the media, they want people to talk as much as possible because it produces clips and it it produces material to talk about on your radio show, your TV show, or your podcast. All right? <laughs> Can we yeah. leave Marty St. Louis? Like, he, he, does he, he talks after every practice. He talks before every game. He talks after every game. I mean, in my world, in my world, he talks after every game. He talks after some practices. And the amount of free time that he has after that, he does three or four sick podcasts with Tony Marinero per year. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree that, uh, you know, you, you keep talking to the press, there's going to be some slips here and there, right? I mean, nobody's perfect with, especially when you're being, you know, asked questions all the time, you know, yeah. you're not always going to say the right thing. And then there's the big headline, you know, Marty says this on the sick podcast. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, no, no, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put Marty in a, in a, in a bad spot here in the, no, podcast. No, no. It's, but it's funny. I said that because at the end of the, I'm, I'm probably going to want to speak to him at some point anyway, but I just, <laughs> I think he does. I think he does too much. You know, I just think yeah. he does too much. And you know what? I I actually think if I talk to him, I don't even know if I talk to him that much about the internal stuff, the players or this or that. Probably want to have some other kind of conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Gordon kind of confirmed that during the post-game interview, all of his family was going to be here, and you know the rest. All right, there you have it. So uh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Um. Did Jeff Gordon talk at the end of the game? Gordon kind of confirmed it during the post-game interview. All of his family was going to be here, and you know the rest. All right, okay. I didn't see it, um, but, um, you know, if Jose Levesque says it, that's the way it went down. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. What did you think of his uh, play? Uh Look like he hadn't had many practices, you know, <laughs> it's going to take a little while. It's, uh, I think, you know, he's, um, he stepped into the USHL and dominated and he stepped into college hockey and dominated and he's not going to be able to step into the NHL and dominate, you know, so it'll be a bit of an eye opener for it, for him. It's going to take him some time, but the the one thing that's always been a bit of a concern and probably why he dropped to the fourth round it was because he wasn't uh, he, he's an elite skater, let's say. And, uh, you know, he it, you didn't notice it at the USHL level or, or college, but I thought you noticed it tonight that he's certainly not an above-average skater at this point. No. So w would you agree with that, Tony? No, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's an average skater, period. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it's going to take uh, – it's going to take some time to adjust to the to the speed and the size. And you also, what I also noticed was, and you didn't notice it in the USHL and in college, yeah. is how small he is. You know, like uh, he's up beside Nick Deloria there at one point, and there has to be you know, 50, 60 pounds uh, difference there. Yeah. Almost, you know, so it, it, it's going to be an adjustment period for him, and uh, certainly being stuck on a line with Garyanov too, and Druan, who you know. They, they're nights when they can be pretty well invisible. And uh, 
I didn't think that they were especially on their game tonight either. So it wasn't a, you know, it was a bit of a tough uh, spot to put him into, I, yeah. I thought, without practices and uh, and such. And I think that's part of what Marty thought too, you know. Yeah, I'm just, uh, pardon me, I'm just going to bring up Marc-Andre Perrault's tweet. And uh, Marc-Andre Perrault says, um, on Jeff Gorton, Jeff Gordon tells us that the principal, the main reason to play Farrell tonight uh, was to make him play his first game in front of his family. Um, understood that it's one of the reasons. He also said the negotiations with Cole Caulfield are going well, and he is confident that um, um, it will continue to go well. Uh, says Mark Andre Perot uh, with a uh, with a Jeff Gordon smiling um, when he said it. So there you have it. Jeff Gordon spoke, and uh, there you have it. He was uh, they wanted him to play in front of uh, family and friends, and yeah. uh, maybe the coach wasn't aware that they had made him that promise. And um, you know, coaches probably you know, I would imagine they don't like when uh, when uh, you know someone you know. Uh, kind of it dictates the lineup, right? Yeah. But uh, it happens. Uh, yeah. It happens. It happens more than people think, and especially in Montreal. A lot of uh, a lot of college kids when they come out, they play pretty. You know, they're almost in the lineup within a few days. Like I expected this. Yeah. You know, even if I don't know that he necessarily was ready. Yeah. It it, it happens a lot that uh, they play pretty quickly. I think even. Uh, um jordan harris like he sat out the first game in you know on that florida trip last year and then played the next night type thing too you know yeah uh, there's a lot of guys that they're for whatever reasons and i think it's it's to do with the deals that they make with the agents and that you know well okay yeah we'll yeah. sign now we'll come yeah. out early but we want guarantee that he gets to play some you know yeah yeah and don't forget the more games you play the more money you make and it's that's right. Game, right yeah that's right and burn that entry level year contract. That's always a big incentive for them, you know. Yeah. Like why? Why he didn't do like Struble and and go, you know, just sign the AHL contract and not burn a year this year, you know. Yeah, because they think he's a National Hockey League material. Having said that, yeah. he's going to have to get uh, stronger. Yes. He's going to have to get a little thicker. Uh, he's going to have to work on that skating in the off season that you talked about to to bring it up a notch, or else. You know, he'll, he's, he, we all know he's shifty and he has a lot of talent, but mm -hmm. what he's done so far will not be able to translate at the National Hockey League level unless he's able to do some of those things that we just talked about, right? What else do you see? Yeah. I think, you know, uh, we saw some good, some positives there. You, you can tell how, how, uh, how intelligent a player he is, you know. Um, I mean, he almost set up the winning goal, you know. The, the tap in, I think it was Evans at the side of the net where he delayed on, on the boards and, and made a really nice pass to him. And it must've just skipped over his stick or we'd be talking about how, you know, how great it was that Farrell set up the winning goal in yeah. his, uh, you know, in his first game. So th there's that, you know, um, again, I don't, Guryanov was pretty much invisible tonight, you know, he and was. that's unfortunate. And that's unfortunate that uh, Farrell got put with, you know, Invisible Guryanov is sort of like invisible Armia, you know, you don't get a lot out of him. And when they're like that, 
you know, you're a line mate. You don't, uh, it doesn't help. No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't help. And, um, you know, you saw tonight why Dallas gave up on him, a guy who has a major league shot, uh, who has some vision, who has some hands, who has like what he puts together. There's some serious tools there. But if the effort and the will to play isn't there, then you forget about all that stuff. And tonight was one of those nights. Uh, let's we. I need to get Sammy and Yellow in here right away. There's something extremely urgent that I have. We have to get to Sammy and Yellow. You have to come on and join Grant and I right away, guys. Something very serious going on in Laval. Justin H. Just put in the YouTube chat that Emil Heineman is on fire in Laval. Agnello, I'm doing the podcast. Pick up the phone. Call the fire department right away. Send them to Laval to put out Emil Heineman. He's on fire, Agnello. He's on fire. I knew it wasn't, Grant, I knew it wasn't something going to be serious, of course. (laughs) Did he he get another one? I know he had scored twice. Uh, Well, I'm just getting a note that he's on fire. Uh, Four goals now. Uh, Four games, four four goals for Emil Heineman. Yeah. And I think he went 10 games in a row uh, before that uh, in the uh, Swedish league without a goal. I think he's more suited for the North American game. We saw it in the, in preseason how uh, effective he could be. I thought he was going to win a spot in the lineup before he got his, he got injured there. He's... And, uh, you know, comes back to North America and he, he plays a North-South big game style. And, and I think he's really suited for the North American game and hopefully – Hopefully he comes into camp next year and wins a spot. Like right now, I'd, I'd almost put him ahead of, uh, you know, Farrell on the depth chart as far as that goes. But Farrell's the one that, that signed the contract that says he gets a few games in the look. Yeah. And that won't be bad for him either. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned something, in a tweet there today. Like he's sitting on the bench and he's watching two five nine guys in uh, RHP and uh, Gallagher both score goals. Uh, and, you know, what... Why did they score goals? They, they aren't fast skaters either, either of them. They're not, a, you know, elite skaters. Yeah. They, they bust their tails, you know. Yeah. And that's – and it'll be a good lesson for him. Like, right up front, he's watching this and saying, okay, this is the – you know, this is the commitment that I have to make. This is how hard I have to work. And, and it, if I do, I can be like them, and I can be successful at HLR. And I think, you know, it, it'll be good for him in that re- regard, I do believe. I love I love Heineman's shot. He's got a major league shot. And uh, Jean-Francois Hull earlier today on VPM Sports saying that he believes that Emil Heineman has a very high ceiling. Interesting comments there because coaches, you know, usually uh, they're not going to go out on a limb like that to say, hey, very high ceiling for this player. But you know what? He hasn't had him for long, but he says very high ceiling. So we'll keep an eye on him. Hey, speaking of shot, Brendan Gallagher's shot has come back. Now, yeah. The first couple of games that he was back, I think he came back from that injury that he was out for a long time versus Colorado and Tampa, if memory serves me well. And I was like, poor guy. I mean, it's always hard to come back from injury. Yeah. It's hard, especially when you're older and you're breaking down a lot. And to add to that, he comes back versus two teams that like skate like the wind and are unbelievable, right? And it's, it's, if you're, if you're not at 150%, like you're going to stick out like a sore thumb for the wrong reasons, right? 
he was he was behind the play. It's safe to say a little bit, you know. But he, but, he, but he found his rhythm. Yeah. And in the past two nights, he's got two goals. And if you take a look at the shots and the instincts on exactly. both goals, I mean, this guy has a gift. He knows how to score goals, and a lot of people are counting him out. Hey, look, a lot of nights I look at him too, and I'm like. There's very, very little gas left in this tank. I think we can all agree that he's going to have a hard time being in the top six next year. Might even find himself on a fourth line with Jake Evans. They seem to have chemistry. Uh, that contract's yeah. going to be hard to digest. But I have to tell you, man, am I happy for Gallagher. Like the past two games, because when he scored yesterday, it's almost like you can feel the weight of the world coming off of his shoulders, you know? Yeah. I know I've noticed, and I, I tweeted out uh, tonight, like it looks like he's got snap back in his shot, you know, um, and that was before he scored. Uh, the last two, the last three games, really, he showed that his shot, it, I don't think he's shot like that since, uh, you know, his first hand injury after a second hand injury, you know, and I don't know, it may have took, taken this long for, 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 for it to properly heal where he could shoot like he used to be able to because, you know, for all of the goals that he got in the crease and everyone would say, well, he gets all his goals within five feet. That's not true. Like when he was scoring 30 goals, he was scoring a lot with his, he had a good shot. You know, he had a hard yeah, shot. Yeah, he had a good shot. Yeah, shot. Yeah. And he, uh, and he lost that because of the hand injuries, I do believe for two or three years there. And uh, that, that was one of the big reasons why the production didn't, you know, didn't return. But uh, Grant, if yeah. I can, if I can, to add to that, I think one of the things we saw was after those hand injuries, not only did he have, you know, less mustard on the shot, but it almost seemed like it took him like an extra second more. And those shots were just getting blocked and blocked and blocked. And right. now the release is faster again. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing what yeah. time and recovery can do. And uh, look, I, I hope he continues to do it. To do, I hope he continues to do it, man. Because past couple of years haven't been easy for this guy. Like if he searches his name on Twitter, it's enough to <laughs> it's enough to put you in a like a pretty bad right move, there, you know? Right up there with Drew almost as a whipping boy, you know, because of the contract and and, and all. But um, you know, he can still contribute a lot, like. He can still score 25 goals if his shot's back and he gets his confidence back. And, uh, you know, he can keep building back his stamina. So obviously, he's still working on getting back in the game shape. As uh, You know, I think it would – I read somewhere where it was the most games that he has missed with all his injuries that he's had. That, yeah. last, that last injury that he had was actually the longest he had been out yeah. from any of them. So it would take him a while to get his legs back. It was, and I'm not just talking about the third goal for Philadelphia, which was the empty net goal. Um, it was difficult for Mike Matheson tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But he'd been, you know, extraordinary most nights in the last, uh, since he returned from his injury. So he's been unbelievable. Even last yeah. night, he even put his body on the line the way he's diving for pucks and sacrificing yeah. his body. He skates like the wind. He's up, he's down. He's playing 30 minutes a game. Look, it's only yeah. normal. You're going to have a hiccup every now and then. Kaden that's, Primo. Right. That's, that's right. Yeah. No, like Jeff, no, he, he, you know, one, once every 20 games is, is better than Petrie, you know? No, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Petrie, good riddance. 
Um, <laughs> the manager at Costco is very happy. Uh, listen, Caden Primo. Yeah. He, he uh, um, I think the biggest thing with him and his other, uh, you know, uh, appearances in the NHL was he just seemed overwhelmed. You know, he'd, he'd let in a goal and, and it would just kind of snowball on him. And tonight, yeah. uh, thankfully, you know, they kept him to, I think, I don't know what it was, 24 shots, 26 shots. 27 in like all. 27 shots. So 20, you know. One's an uh, empty netter. Right. So he had 24 saves, you know. Yeah. So that that's, they kept it, you know, they didn't. Unfortunately, in some other appearances that he's made, the team was not very good and uh, didn't really help him out. So I, I thought, you know, other than Matheson, the the rest of the, the guys on defense were pretty solid tonight, and uh, and that 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 was nice too. Like Philly didn't yeah. really, Philly wasn't uh, by any means offensively dominant tonight, you know. Yeah. So it, that was kind of a nice take for him to get that, and he's going to. Uh, you know, he's going to be a waiver eligible next year. So they want to get a look at him down the line here. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a few games in and see, you know, uh, does it, can he handle the NHL pressure? Because up until yeah. now, that's kind of been the question mark. He can, he can be good in, in the AHL, then he gets called up and he looks like a deer in the headlights. So, yeah. Um, I hope he gets a few games down the stretch and, and he plays well. And, uh, then you know Laval makes the playoffs and he has another good playoff run and and competes for a spot next year because I have a feeling yeah if he goes on waivers at the end of camp next year mm -hmm. uh, you know I I'd be surprised if he's not snapped up by somebody. I was happy for Primo tonight. Let me explain. A I thought he played well. B I agree with you. The other appearances that he had for the Canadians, most of them seemed like he had stage fright or he just wasn't ready for the dance. Uh, overwhelmed the way you put it, I think is a good way to put it. Tonight, I thought he was comfortable. He looked like he wasn't rattled by the situation. He looked like he had control of the situation. Clearly, yeah. you'd have to think he was motivated going up against, you know, the team that his father used to play for or the organization that his father used to play for. Um, but it was an audition for Caden Primo tonight, an audition not only for the Montreal Canadiens and their future, but an audition for him and his future, that if it's not going to work out here, let me show other teams around the National Hockey League what I got. And tonight he was able to show other teams, especially the Philadelphia Flyers who got a live look. And if I'm the Flyers and um, I too want to rebuild and I want to go with youth, and um, I'm not sure about my goaltending and I can always use some depth, I would take a flyer on a kid named Primo, who's like six foot a thousand, and uh, you yeah. never know. You never know. Yeah. And, and to, you know, to top it all off, there's there's talk of maybe trading Carter Hart and stuff like that. Who, by the way, had a great game a couple of nights ago. You never know. Who knows if maybe Caden Primo one day mm -hmm. becomes a Philadelphia Flyer, either via trade or waivers or whatever. No, no, that's a good point, and they, you know. Maybe the Winnipeg Jets were watching too, right, Tony? <laughs> Maybe the Winnipeg Jets were watching too, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So clearly, we're talking about Pierre Luc Dubois again. 
Okay, so I haven't talked to you in a while. It's always fun when I do. So I haven't asked you your opinion yet. But, of course, we talked about it yesterday. Elliot Friedman saying, look, at 95%, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a Montreal Canadian. His contract is up at the end of the year. He will be a restricted free agent. And, uh, you know, he wants to take a page out of, you know, Patrick Kane's book, which is telling his team, hey, you know what? It's going to be the Canadians. Or Adam Fox wanted to sign with the Rangers. And this, uh, a, a trade was done for it to happen. A trade was done for Kane to happen. So now a lot of people are wondering, are the Canadians going to end up making a trade with Winnipeg so that this can happen this summer instead of waiting for not this summer, but the summer after that. So would you take Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, and if so, at what salary? And if so, would you take him before he's an unrestricted free agent? And what would you give up to get him? Yeah. Well, if there's 95% chance that he's going to sign with the Canadians, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't sell the farm. because Me neither. You know, I mean, just wait, you know, uh, I don't know. Do they think they can contend next year? You know, yeah, Dubois, uh, maybe add another free agent. Uh, the rookies all get better. I don't, I think they still probably realistically think they're, you know, a year, another year away from really contending. So from that standpoint, you know, it probably doesn't make sense either. It, it's a lot dependent on on what Winnipeg, you know, are they going to be looking for? I mean, some of the, I heard, I heard uh, it was on the radio. Primo sent back down, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, they need him in Laval. But uh, radio, what are you talking about? English radio? Yeah. Yeah. I saying know like that Gooley, yeah. Gooley and the first rounder, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even consider it. You know? that, that hold on a second. Somebody said on the radio that yeah. they would trade Gouli in a first rounder for Pierre Luc Dubois. That's what it would take, and uh, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. Pierre Luc Dubois is a great player, and do all you know this who stuff. that somebody is, or uh, no, I just caught the end. It's somebody named Mike. That's all I know. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it was on Melnick, uh, and he had somebody on named Mike. I don't know who it was, That's Mike Johnson. And uh, I just Mike Johnson. Okay, well, that's probably who it was. I didn't recognize the voice. Usually, I do, but it sounds a little different on radio than TV. Yeah, but uh, well, I like yeah, Mike probably... Johnson a lot. I think he's excellent at what he does. Right, uh, but there's no way I would trade that kid. And uh, no, no. Well, that's no, it. No, you know, no, no, I would not do that. I would <laughs> no. not do that. I wouldn't uh, trade Hudson. I wouldn't I'm, trade. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised you said that. By the way, to tell you the truth, yes, um, I am too. But, um, no, there's no way I would do that. And I don't know that he necessarily said, "Oh, for sure, I'd do that." But he said okay. that that's that would be what Winnipeg wouldn't want, and you know that yeah. if Montreal wanted to get him, that that's what they'd that'd be the price that they have to pay, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if that being the case, no, I'm not you. If a guy's going to 95% chance he's going to be w with you next summer, why would you do that? It just yeah, doesn't you all, you make listen, any sense. You, you already traded a young stud defenseman <laughs> in his first year in his National Hockey League career on a uh, entry-level right. contract for a kid from here 
right. uh, who wanted to come play here. Uh, now, I'm not saying that Pierre-Luc Dubois is Jonathan Drouin because he's more established than Drouin. He's put up more points than Drouin, so he deserves that respect. But yeah. uh, you know what? The Canadians have a lot more players at the forward position in terms of depth than they that resemble Dubois in terms of what they can bring in terms of production than they do have young defensemen that resemble Caden Gooley. Out of all the young defensemen, Caden Gooley is number one on the depth chart. Number one. I agree. Uh, he, he's, you know, first pairing left defenseman in your for the next decade versus a centerman that may not be more productive than Doc and, and uh, Suzuki. So which has more value? You know, I mean, it's not even close. Who, by the uh, way, might not even play center, even if he comes here. That's right, because you've got Doc and Suzuki. Yeah, so, and maybe he does, and Doc plays the wing, but we've heard Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon on more than one occasion, even Marty San Luis say, they see him, Kirby Doc, as a center. Right. But listen, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I really, I don't understand the rush in all of this. I really don't. He's going to have no. another year contract. He's going to touch at least $7 million, right? You're still going to have Hoffman, who's going to be under contract next year. You're going to have Armia, who's going to be under contract. You're still going to have players who are going to be after under contract, and then eventually, you know, they'll be gone. You don't have to accelerate this this much. Like, right. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Maybe there's, maybe there's, there's a push from the owner saying, guys, we needed a French star before. We need one now more than ever. Uh, guys, uh, you know, uh, we, we need to sell more tickets. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't get the rush. Yeah, Jeff's a pretty bright lad. And I think, you know, it, it, he would remember the, the Duran trade. And I don't think that he would push it, you know, push it again. Uh, just for the sake of getting a, you know, a French Canadian quote unquote star, you know. Yeah. And I mean, 61 points is, is uh, Dubois uh, career high. And I, I, I looked at the stats. He was nine points in his last 20 games, you know. So he, he's not trending in the right direction right now, you know. Like, I don't think it, it, his value is at an all-time high by any means. So, and, and also, Montreal holds the cards here as far as I'm concerned. Like, they can be, yeah. you know, they, they they don't have to be desperate about it. And, uh, and I really don't think that Hughes is and that uh, they'll be patient with it. You know, I guess some people think, well, if you don't make the move, then he'll go somewhere else, and maybe then he won't sign with Montreal. Well, that's not the end of the world either. You know, Montreal is still going to be a contending team in two or three years with Pierre-Luc Dubois or without, without him. You know, he'd be a nice piece to have. but Yeah, he'd be a nice piece to have. But but only if, uh, only if you, you know, only if it's a fair – Fair price and and less value than what he's worth. I think Winnipeg has no leverage here. Montreal right. are in the driver's seat. If the Canadians give up a lot to Winnipeg, it's only because they want to play nice. They don't have to play nice. No. They don't have to. Friends is friends. Business is business. Agreed. All right. Okay. Um, we're gonna get to your calls by the way a little bit later on at one triple eight five eight five sick one triple eight five eight five seven four two five. It is a toll free number does it worry you that pure look has already uh, been on two teams and uh, he wanted out from the first and he wants out from the second a little bit but you know 
hopefully uh, uh, Montreal is like, it, it seems to be that that's where he wants to play. So, you know, there's a possibility to get flourish there too, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, he, he hasn't proven himself uh, at playoff time. Really. He had a hat trick one time against, against Toronto yeah. one game. But other than that, in junior, he, uh, he, you know, he underachieved. Um, By the way, I think he was like benched or scratched the night before, though. That was like a, a real big game for him. Right, right. Remember Sometimes I, it seems like he needs uh, mot- extra motivation. Or he was he was called out from Tortorella. I forget the situation, yeah. but it was uh, was not good. And yeah. he bounced back, and that was a character performance by him. Hey, listen, Agnello and Sammy are telling me that there's a lot of questions for you. Okay, Okay. so what we're going to do is I'm going to sit back. I might even put my feet up, okay, (laughs) if Agnello and Sammy are okay with that. By the way, like, I've never done this before, but Agnello and Sammy, can we bring them back for a second here or what? Let's bring them back. (laughs) Agnello, Sammy, come back, man. What are you guys doing? Agnello's camera shy. Oh, there he is. Listen. No, you can't put your feet up. If I do that. <laughs> no, no, you can't put your feet up. No. Oh. No, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good? Not at all. So for the look, for the brand, is that it? Yeah, very bad for the brand. Very bad? Yeah. You know that. Uh, the same slippers there. Oh, God. Wow, look at that. <laughs> A lot of questions for Grant. Grant, a lot of questions for Grant? Yeah, a lot of questions for Grant. So uh, if I keep the legs up and the feet up and stuff like that, am I fired or what? You're probably going to get another one-star rating, and then you're going to get upset. No, I don't want a one-star rating. No, I only want five stars on Google, Apple, and Spotify. Uh, Google, Apple, and uh, Spotify, leave us a five-star podcast. It's my way of feeling the love. When I get the one, you believe some some people would send me, it would leave me a one-star if I would uh, put the, you know my legs up or whatever, my feet up. What do you think of my melted pants, by the way? The scarpines and everything? Yeah, the pantoufles. All right, okay, let's get to those uh, questions, uh, Agnello. Let's do that for Grant. All right, fire away. Kev McCart, Grant, do you think Michkov will slip further down the rankings? Uh, like, do I think he'll get drafted later than, or uh, like, yeah, well, I mean, I think NHL teams are going to have their rankings uh, that are different than the, than the public rankings. Uh, I do believe that, you know, he's going to be ranked top three on most lists that public lists that we see, but I have a sneaking suspicion that most NHL teams won't have him in their top three um, because, you know, he's got that contract and, and every, and all the uncertainty that's going on in, in Russia. Big Bill says uh, Tony needs a gaming chair. Big Bill, I agree with you 100%. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> eventually, I'll get one here. Other questions for Grant. By the way, Grant, I know you don't agree with this, but should the Canadians have, let's just say, pick number five? And Michikov's there, I draft him. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't watch young players as much as you do. You run an independent scouting service. You've seen all these kids many, many, many times. The only Mm -hmm. thing I can tell you in the short amount of times I've seen the players, Michkov for me is the second best pure talent in the draft after Bedard. 
I could be wrong. You're the expert when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, uh, you draft these guys top three, top five to win playoff games. And um, certainly if you draft Michkov, uh, he's not helping you win any playoff games for at least three years. You're not going to uh, make the playoffs for the next two anyway. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that either, but that's, that's another story. Well, can't um, you said it. I mean, unless he's, uh, he's, um, he's, well, he, can't predict. he doesn't, what he said, he's not making the playoffs in two years from now. He told Pierre Lebrun, Pierre Lebrun said, how much longer is this going to continue uh, in terms of not making what? the playoffs and stuff like that? And he said two years, maybe three. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I'd like to have heard Marty's comments on that. You know, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but maybe, yeah, man, maybe he's under promising, and and well, he can't predict. He can't predict the NHL standings. You know, you know, he's just he's trying to keep the pressure off himself. Yeah, I know you're right about that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm just trying to make conversation here. Yeah. Uh, all no, right. Okay. Saying. More questions. Yeah. John Wayne, who is not the original real John Wayne, by the way. Uh, Grant, do you believe that in a medium to short term, Slavkowski becomes a legitimate winger on the top two lines? And Yellow will do the editing on these uh, questions, or he's he's slipping behind on the, you know, he can't edit these the spelling in these questions. I guess. I no, guess. no, he can't. No, 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 he can't. <laughs> okay, that's two in a row. There. Uh, I well, sure. what did you uh, did you win a spelling bee once upon a time or what? Yeah, well, I'm I'm a journalist, so you know. Oh, uh, you're a journalist. Okay, I'm a little right, okay. uh, I'm a little anal retentive when it comes yeah. to that. Remind me never to play a game of Scrabble with you, my friend. No, oh no, you get your butt kicked for sure, Tony. Yeah, cards um, I'm good at Scrabble, not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, the question was, do I think he will become a? Well, yes, I mean legitimate of course you know it could be as soon as next year i i i i figure he starts in the top six at, at training camp next year and he uh he wins a spot and he's a top six guy starting next season from then on the rest of his career uh david timis says uh, stop with the insults for english radio why, Dave? I mean, I can do whatever I want. It's my podcast. Um, but anyway, what, what insults did I say? I just said it's uh, not what it used to be. I, I think it's that's a foregone conclusion. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> next. Claude says, Tony, you're testy. I am. I told you. I'm on four ounces of meat at lunch, four <laughs> ounces of meat at supper, and vegetables, and four liters of water. Yes, I'm testy. Yes. Bear with me. Please bear with me. Mario, I realize I'm testy. Even my wife said to me, what's wrong with you? Just bear with me, I said. Give me another week. Uh, Question for Grant. If you got the second pick in your Montreal with uh, my fifth, sixth, or seventh pick, I would offer you my pick with Jordan Harris for your second pick. Would you consider it? Now, so it, would I consider it if I'm the other team, or if uh, would I consider making that offer? I wasn't quite sure what. All right. Uh, so okay. So you're the other team. You have pick number two. Okay. I'm the Canadians, okay. and I have pick six. Mm-hmm. And I offer you that pick and mm-hmm. Jordan Harris for your second. Right. Well, and I mean that's pretty specific, you know. I mean. 
it would depend on if the team needed a left defenseman and you know if if Harris was a good fit and they thought he would be in their top four then sure you'd you'd consider it but you know what would you pass on Adam Fantilli uh uh, Adam Fantilli could be a 40-goal scoring center, your top-line center. So, no, it, it, you know, there's a reason why teams rarely, rarely move down from the top two. It's because they think they're getting uh, legitimate first-line players. And, you know, with the seventh pick and Jordan Harris, you're probably neither of them are going to be you know, legitimate first-line players. You might look luck out with the sixth, seventh pick, but the the odds are that it, it you know the top two guys are, are the cream of the crop and fantilli no i if on the other team i would probably pass on that unless you thought harris was going to be a top four and you weren't as high on fantilli as i am but i think most teams are yeah uh nicholas says grant you seem like a nice guy but it'd be beneficial if at some point you do your mea culpa on some previous hypothetical selections uh, and said, I take player X over player Y, but I could be wrong. I want to answer if I can. Folks, the job of an amateur scout, in my opinion, is the hardest job of any hockey executive. I think it's harder than the job of a pro scout. I think it's harder than the job of a GM. I think it's harder than the job of an assistant GM. I think it's harder than the job of uh, you know, a coach. My opinion. Seeing a player right now or seeing that player three, four, five times, putting them in a pool with other players in their age group and trying to decide who's one, who's 10, who's 20, who's 30, who's 40, who's 50, who's 100, who's 200, who's not drafted, and then, not only that, but changing it up and changing everything up because as you look into your crystal ball and you have to decide who do you think is going to end up having a better NHL career, it might not necessarily reflect what you think now and you might have to change everything up. At the end of the day, it is the hardest thing to do. And you know what I love about Grant? And I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. He has his opinions, and he sticks with his convictions. He tells you what he thinks, and he's not afraid to be wrong. And I would rather that than somebody tell me, yeah, well, this guy, for this reason, I can see it. For that reason, I can't see it. This other guy, for that reason, I can see it. For that reason, I can't see it. And this <laughs> other guy, I never liked that kind of radio. That's why the collaborators that I had on the air were not those kinds of collaborators. I like people with opinions. It stirs up conversation. People want to hear opinions. I have them myself. I'd rather be right more often than not. I know I'm not going to bat a thousand. It is what it is. I'd still rather have them. If you want, you can answer. Thanks, Tony. Um, well, I mean, it. you know, uh, I, I have continued to defend Kotkaniemi, you know, that that's goes without saying. I still think, you know, he's he's second line center on a on a 
top team in the in the NHL. He's uh, going to go to the playoffs for the fourth or fifth time. He scored the most important overtime goal in Montreal Canadiens since Eric Desjardins, probably. You know, uh, beating the Leafs like that sixth game, they were all over. It's ten. You know, uh, yeah, it didn't work out with Montreal, uh, but it's not like he didn't help out Montreal. You know. Uh, it's still you pick these guys to win a playoff time, and and Kokaniemi scored probably the most important, as far as I'm concerned, beating the Leafs was was the most important uh, playoff win since they won the cup, uh, you know. Um, but I have said from the first year, and, and many times I've said Brady Kachuk's a better player, and Brady, you know, and I've even said in the last year that Brady Kachuk is is going to have a better career. So I don't know what else I can say, you know. I mean, I could say every – I could come on here every time and apologize for it, you know, or whatever. But, yeah. you know, I didn't make the pick, but I did I did rank him one spot ahead of Brady Kachuk in my rankings, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what I, what I get a kick out of is that everybody, oh, well, grant this, grant that, but – you know, the, the large majority of people that didn't want to take Kokaniemi wanted Zadina, you know. And, yeah, and, now, they, and now they look back and, like, they all, oh, I told you that Kachuk. Now they all, they all say that they told you Kachuk or yeah. Quinn Hughes. Right. Yeah, you know, no, and, and so, uh, you know, uh, all I can say is that, yes, Brady Kachuk is a better player. And, yes, he's probably going to have a better career. I'd be shocked if he didn't at this point. Brady Kachuk's a great player, you know. He scored eight goals in his in his draft year. Um, you know, lots of NHL scouts had some concerns about his skating and his defense, and was he going to be as productive as he ended up being? Well, you know, yes, he answered the bells and all those things, and he's like I don't know that even the the Senators when they drafted him could have yeah. uh, expected him to be as good as he's been. He's been yeah. fantastic. So good yeah. for him. I, and I loved the kid a lot. Yeah. Like Brady Kachuk, you know, I see interviews with him all the time. The stuff he does with, uh, with sick children and, and everything and uh, how he conducts himself in interviews and, and stuff. Yeah. He's a pain on, pain in the ass on the he's ice. He's a leader. He's a leader. He's a real one. He's a game. You don't like yeah. him. You don't like him because you're a Habs fan, but I, I think he's just a great kid. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. Okay. And you know, yeah. this right. Based on the little that I saw, I wanted them to draft Brady Kachuk. I said that on the radio at the time that that was the pick. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, I will also tell you this. When Kock and Yemi got offer sheeted, it was too much money. Everybody knew that. But I said, if his next contract is a contract that's going to be a long-term deal and under $5 million, then I'll end up matching that offer sheet because I'll take Kock and Yemi on my team long-term under yeah. $5 million. And he ended up signing long-term with the Hurricanes under $5 million. And I don't think that's a mistake. I, no. I, I, I don't. Okay. So top two center, a top two center. Like he's going to be, he'll, you're going to see a, a progression of his point totals here. Like he'll be up over 50 points probably the end of next year, you know, top two center for, you know, I mean, the salary cap keeps going up. It's going to be up over 4 million, the average salary soon enough. Yeah. And you top two center for four and a half. No, no. 
it, you know, they, at the end of the day, they made it, uh, you know, Montreal, Bergevin made the wrong decision, I thought. And I, I and that hasn't changed, you know, I haven't changed that, uh, that feeling. Uh, and, you know, looking back at that draft, you, we talked about it. And I mean, I, I got on the air with you and you, you know, is he going to be a center? Because that's what they need is a center, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the centers in that draft and there's nobody else that, Kukkinen is the best center from that draft class, you know. Is he a great one? No. Is he, you know, a, is he going to be a, a number one center? Probably not. There's, there's but, him. There's, there was Hayton. There was Joe Valeno. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. There were, there were, who else was there that I'm forgetting right now? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great center yeah. draft. Like, unfortunately, the two times that Montreal's had top three picks, where you know they were starving for that center, it was uh, poor center drafts. You, Grant, know? you, you and I know what happened. Mark Bergevin was trying to trade for a center. He wasn't able to pull it off. Trevor Timmons felt the pressure of wanting to help out his general manager. So he identified who he thought was the best center in the Galchenyuk draft and the best center in the Kokanyemi draft, and he drafted them. The Canadians have said for the longest time that they draft the best player available. In a couple of drafts, they drafted by need. That was Galchenyuk, and that Hmm. was um, Kokanyemi, and they got it wrong. And well, again, Tony, I don't know about that. I don't. I really think that they thought that Kukaniemi would be the best, the best player. I honestly, uh, okay. I mean, okay. we can disagree yeah. on that, but no, no, yeah, no, I, no. You're probably there right. were other there were other teams that had him really high. You know, it wasn't like only Montreal reached here. It was, I mean, Mackenzie's last list had him top five. Uh, I talked to one, you know, uh, scout that his his team had him, believe it or not, two on their on their list. Um, and again, Kachuk had eight goals in his draft year, Tony. I hear you. you. Know, like everybody talks like, oh, we knew yeah, that, you, you know. That, 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 there, was, there was concern that he wouldn't be, uh, you know, no, no, uh, I mean, uh, an offensive player that he's turned out yeah. to be. And I, I mean, he went from I, eight goals. He went from eight goals in college to an NHL rookie where he scored 25. Well, how often does that happen? Like maybe never. So he's overachieved. And, you know, no, the NHL teams didn't all have Brady Kachuk third overall. In fact, yeah. I, I don't know that there were many, to be honest with you. So I know, you know, it seems like we can, oh, every team had Brady Kachuk third. And if they'd have drafted third, they'd have taken Brady Kachuk. I honestly, you know, I mean, I I have connections with a lot of NHL teams, a lot of scouts, and that was not the prevailing opinion, you know, so... Uh, they took who they. I agree with you on Galchenyuk um, uh, that they, you know, but that was a bad draft too. You know? It wasn't. It like, wasn't a great. Well, Morgan Riley was at five, and I think right Philip Forsberg was at eleven or yeah, something. And I mean, like Galchenyuk had scored something like a hundred points as a sixteen-year-old, and then he got he hurt hurt his knee. Yeah, ACL. You know? Yeah, and he only yeah. saw him a few games, and they, they you know, I'll give I'll give. Uh, Trevor credit for that. He he was never uh he had balls, you know. Like he took like when he took Carey Price fifth overall. Yeah. Like remember the reaction of Pierre McGuire and yeah. you know, like oh yeah, this, this is off the, off the reservation. reservation. Yeah. 
you know, uh, just how can you do that? He's got Theodore, he's got Halak, like da 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 da. Well, you know, he Trevor didn't always follow. First of what, all, UA, Jan Danis. Yeah, I think he well, mentioned Jan Danis too. Be, because Carey Price, he thought was going to be better than all of them, and he was right. You know, yeah, he, no, no, he uh, was carried, right. yeah. carried the yeah. franchise. So, you know, I mean, you wonder <laughs> what would have happened if they would have drafted Kopitar, but I, I listen. He drafted. Took, he, dra he drafted took, the guy. He drafted the guy who ended up being the best goalie in hockey for a long time. Not again, a, Tony. You know, like that's revisionist, and uh, nobody saw Kopitar. He played in Slovenia. You know. Yeah. So ten teams passed on him because it just there was that unknown. Yeah, he looked great at one world, uh, under eighteen tournament. Well, so did Kakinyemi. Yeah. Kakinyemi outplayed Jack Hughes. And won a gold medal at the under 18s. You know, he was fantastic there. So, you know, we always look back and, and uh, in hindsight, and well, you know, this and that. Well, you know, NHL teams make their lists, and, and uh, a lot of teams had guys, you know, hey. like Kopitar. It's easy to say we should have taken him at five, but he didn't even go top 10. No, oh, he went seventh. Hey, Grant, don't get me wrong. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I think Trevor Timmons was given a really rough ride here. And yeah. if you take a look at what the Canadians have now, okay, Caden Gould yeah. is who? Yeah. I know you, you always talk about, uh, you know, like. Um, He's Trevor they, Timmons. They should get a few top, top five picks in a row type thing. And while they don't, they haven't done that. Uh, I think uh, Gooley could be a top five player from his draft class or at least top 10. Uh, I think uh, Caulfield could be a top five. You know, he, he should have been drafted top five. Yeah. So that's as good as, you know, which is better, having a top five pick or, or dra drafting a player who is top five in his draft class? Well, th hey, they look, did that. That's yeah. the most important thing. You know, it's not where you draft, it's who you draft. Look, I'm going to tell so, you something. Logan yeah. Mayu, 31. Another one. That could end up being a steal oh. by Trevor Timmons. He could be top five from his draft class. They got they traded for Suzuki. He could be top five from his draft class. They traded for Doc. He could be top five from his draft class. Slavkowski, he could be top five from his draft class. No, no, class. I, I hear you, but I, so, I want to get to a couple of Trevor Timmons picks if I can, okay? Okay. Logan Mayu, Riley Kidney, Oliver Kapanen, and Joshua Roy could all have a future with the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Caden Gooley is a stud. Sean Farrell is a fourth-round pick, 124th overall. Jakob Dobish was drafted 136th overall in the fifth round. Cole Caulfield was drafted 15th. Struble was drafted 46th. Raphael Arvey-Pinard was a seventh-round pick at 201. Yeah. Jordan yes, Harris. Yes, he alone and is starting to look like an NHLer, if you ask me. I don't know what the ceiling is, but yeah. he's an NHLer Ro for sure. Romanov got them Doc. Romanov pretty much essentially got them Doc. Sergachev yeah. was a great pick. It's not his fault that they traded Sergachev. I'm sure he didn't want Sergachev to be traded. Yeah. Like the last, you know, there, there was a stretch – and, uh, you know, he'll be the first to admit it that uh, the first-round picks didn't turn out so well. But, you know, uh, these last few drafts were good. 
and 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 we're starting to see that it's funny you know the new management seems to be a lot more receptive to signing uh you know draft picks that timmons made than than bears was you know yeah. there was, like i look back at the two 2016 or 17 there was like hardly any you know they made 11 picks and they only signed like three yeah. and they've already signed uh five or the you know uh, out of the the feral draft now. gallagher was a fifth round pick yeah, I mean, uh, and, and that year, of course, where he drafted McDonough 12, Pacioretty 22, and Subban 43, that's his best ever draft. That was fabulous. Listen, here's the deal. Yeah. When they drafted by position, it was Galchenyuk and Kakanyemi, uh, but you said they probably drafted Kakanyemi because they thought he was the best player. That's okay. When they yeah. drafted by size, they drafted Tenorti and McCarron. Those were two mistakes by drafting by size and not the best player. And, uh, and uh, you know, the draft of Louis LeBlanc, I don't think that one was on Trevor. Uh, I think, you know, Trevor was either A told or B, you know, looked at everyone and everyone said, you got to draft a kid that everyone's chanting his name. But, and look, there were other hiccups. I mean, uh, Danny Cristo and uh, Fisher was, Fisher was a hiccup, yeah. obviously, because he could add Giroux. And there were some hiccups. But mm -hmm. I think Trevor Timmons, um, was given a real rough ride. I, I think, I think his work was a better than a lot of people think. Yeah, and I think w what we'll see over the next few years is, is proof of that. As these, you know, as these guys keep coming in and they keep uh, prospering, at, you know, like Joshua Wah. Yeah, geez, what a pick. Yeah, you know, in the fifth round. You know, like Grant, Grant, they had no onus on development back then. They no. thought player development was bringing in a skills coach a couple of times a year to show them how to do a wrist shot and stuff like that. Not having somebody work with the farm club and the big club every day and having the coaches work with the players on it too every day and having a specific plan for each individual player. You know, that's what they have now. And I, I'm convinced in that famous debate of do the Canadians draft badly or do they develop players badly back when Trevor Timmons was the scout of the Canadians? I'm convinced I was back then. And I still am now that the development was a bigger problem than the scouting. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. I think there would, for whatever reasons, it was a disconnect between, uh, you know, who they drafted uh, the coaching staff and the, and the management and who they draft and the scouting. Like it seemed like they didn't give, drafted players uh proper opportunity at times you know they'd either not sign guys or they did you know they'd end up giving contracts to uh undrafted uh yeah. quebec leaguers you know uh instead of kids that that were top four round draft picks and um you know you, you're gonna win with talent and you get that in the draft and you have to develop and you have to embrace it and you have to develop it. And it seemed like, you know, Trevor draft players and they go to, you know, they go to the farm team and, oh, well, the coach wouldn't play him. You know, <laughs> like Josh Brook was a good example. He was, uh, you know, maybe the second best power play defenseman in the WHL. And he goes to Laval and he never gets a sniff on the power play. Mm -hmm. you know, when I asked, I asked Joel Bouchard about it, like, why are you playing Xavier Ouellette on the power play when he's not, you know, 
you're supposed to be developing players to play in the NHL. He's not going to be a power play guy in the NHL. You know, he's 27 years old. He's never scored more than 30 points as a pro. And, uh, oh, well, you know, Josh Brooks, not a power play guy. Like, and he, he determined that from practices all the time. Never given him an opportunity to play on the power play. Like I saw him run Moose Jaw's power play and set up guys like left and right. He never got the opportunity. You know, he was a top 50 or top 60 pick for that reason. But then doesn't get that opportunity. And eventually he's sticking them up on the wing, you know, not even playing them in the top six on defense. And they've got five or six guys that were, you know, like, oh, I don't know. Like they were, we're never going to play in the NHL that were career mm -hmm. minor leaguer journeymen playing instead of Brooke, you know, well, his job was to, is to first and foremost was to develop, you know, draft picks. That's, that's a job of AHL coach. And it never seemed like, it just seemed like there was disconnect there, you know, um, sure back. <laughs> he, he goes down to the AHL. He's, he's just a, dynamic on the power play setting up plays left and right to start the season he gets called up to Montreal and what does Claude do he sits him in the stands for five games then he brings him in and puts him with fourth liners never puts him on the power play even though you know he'd put I don't know Byron Fraze on the power play instead of this kid that was the best power play guy in the AHL earlier in the year and then just you know Never give the, oh, well, he doesn't win puck battles along the boards. Well, you had the worst power play in the NHL. And here's the kid that was the best power play, uh, you know, at the early season. in, in Sherbeck the had a lot of talent, and I He's thought it was going to translate to the National yeah. Hockey League, and it didn't. But Grant, yeah. Sherbeck, Hart, not much. Right, right. But also, you know, he, uh, he, he was an offensive guy, but he never got – Stick him on the fourth line five minutes a night, Tony, and not on the power play. Like, at least give these guys opportunities to do what they I do hear you. Best. I hear you. And, and you need, and a, little bit of, you need like, a little bit of luck, too, right? Sherback drafted, I think, 26th, one pick after David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. It, Imagine it, the Bruins take Sherback and Pasternak falls to the Canadians. We're having a different conversation today, but it is what it is, you know? Hey, listen. Oh, yeah. And I, and it's funny. I talked to Trevor last week, actually, about it. Uh, the, the Swedish scout, he said. Uh, Where did you see him at the rink? The rink in Ottawa? Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking on the phone. And uh, he said that uh, the Swedish scout, just like he, he just absolutely loved Pasternak. Like that was their guy. You know, it was just, it, there wasn't a question about it. They were just, you know, w hoping that he would drop that one more spot and, and, and they grab him, you know. And, there, and there's a lot of instances of that where, and, and again, one year, uh, the two years actually, when Trevor was, uh, when, they, when, they, when they traded for Alex Tangay, yeah. that draft. Yeah. John Carlson was his guy all day long like that where they were but picking they in the they draft didn't, they didn't have a pick after because i think in that draft after they, they traded the their pick and the yeah. second rounder yeah but where they picked carlson was hit like it dropped it you know that was his guy wow. and then uh and then they trade mcdonough right and then um 
Yeah, the, uh, I'm so sure he didn't want when, to trade him either. When they picked up Andrew Shaw for two second round, remember they had two second round picks yeah. around forty. Yeah. You know Gerard? who he like? You know who he liked in the first round, and who would have been guaranteed would have been one of those picks? Uh-huh. Adam Fox. Wow. So you know, the, the last the, decade I, and a half with uh, McDonough. With Carlson, when they traded when they traded Andrew Shaw, I think that was the Samuel Gerard draft too, right? But they would have taken uh, Adam Fox. Oh no, no, first round, but they probably would have taken Gerard in the second. Well, no, they picked at thirty nine and forty or whatever. Okay, Okay. got it. They they would have taken Fox over over Gerard, and I mean with good reason. He won a friggin' Norris Trophy, you know. Wow, wow. Hey, listen, I've kept you on for a long time. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty badly about this. I'm going to feel even worse now to ask you a question. Do you have a little bit more gas left in the tank here? Oh, sure. Okay, because this is what we're going to do. We're going to do something special for you called. Let's get to it. You called. Presented by Playground. Brought to you by Playground. Major poker festivals are back at Playground. The March Million features 10 ring events and a million dollars in guaranteed prize pools, including a 400000 guaranteed main event play in Playground's March Million Poker Series from March 23rd to April 2nd. Visit playground.ca for details. So we're going to do. We usually take calls after the game. You have no idea how many people want to ask you questions. So we're going to continue with the questions instead. Agnello and Sammy, I want to do this as quickly as possible for Grant here because, hey, we're on 75 minutes here. Um, <laughs> let's do 10 questions, and let's have Grant answer them in less than a minute. So, Max, we're on for 10 more minutes. Bring up 10 questions. Go. Johnny Golden, Grant, assuming Bedard and Fantilli. Go one, two. You're laughing because of the way you spelled Bedard. I know you are. <laughs> Yeah, Bedard and Fantilli go one, two, and Montreal picks third. Who do you take at three? Can I write down a name before you answer? Yeah, sure. Wow. Well, they're not going to be drafting third, Tony. So this is, you know, how could they be drafting third? They're not going to draft third, Tony. Where are they going to draft? Like it, it, they either win the lottery and get the first and second pick, or they're Correct. pick five, six, seven. That's right, or five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time pondering who they would be picking at three. Yeah, but if they would pick three, who would you pick? Oof, boy. Uh, Daniel Boot. Really, Tony? That guy. That guy is something else. He's the he's the riser. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. Yeah. It was either him or Quentin Musty. Yeah. I Siri went off. I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Can you please say that again? <laughs> Siri, I thought you would say Quentin Musty. Could you please say that again? <laughs> Siri. I thought you said Quentin Musty. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I can speak to Siri, I thought you said Quentin Musty. 
I said Quinn Musty. The Canadians are going to draft him. That's not Siri's not Simon the Snake Boisvert, is it? <laughs> Siri, who does Simon the Snake Boisvert say the Canadians are going to draft? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, um, Siri. <laughs> but seriously, Tony? She's here. <laughs> Siri, who does Simon the Snake Boisvert say the Canadians are going to draft? I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> sure, I can try again. Simon the Snake Boisvert. He says the Canadians will draft. <laughs> Found some YouTube of Simon the Snake Boisvert. Siri, would you draft Quentin Musty? Hmm. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> Siri doesn't have an answer. Siri's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, question number two out of 10. Let's go. Texas. I've heard Grant mention he doesn't love Will Smith. Would he be interested in hearing the concerns? Would be interested in hearing the concerns about his game. All right. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about Will Smith. Uh, his, his play away from the puck is, is concerning. He um, he doesn't seem to um, be interested in going back into his own zone. And um, he hangs out by the other team's blue line just about all the time. And that's, that's highly concerning for a center especially because uh, – you know, you, you get to the NHL level and you're doing that, uh, you're not going to be a center. You're going to be put on the wing. You know, if you want to sit, if you want to stand on the on the blue line, well, then you're going to be doing that as a winger. And so, you know, uh, he's under six feet. He's not overly competitive. And he's uh, got very big concerns about his competitiveness and defensive games. So... It's for those reasons that I don't see him being a top two center at the NHL level. And uh, I don't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be taking him in the top five and probably not in the top 10. So I, I don't think he's the ideal pick for the Canadians. Question three. According to Brian Wild, Habs are high on Dvorsky. Uh, I'm not so sure I, I heard Brian say that. I think Brian said the Canadians are high on Will Smith, as a matter of fact. But mm -hmm. anyway, Grant, what do you think of Dvorsky? Yeah, I, I'm a lot higher on Dvorsky than most people, and I like him more than, than Will Smith as well. Um, he, uh, he is the best defensive center in this draft for sure. Um, you know... He'd be in a replacement for Phil Deneau. That <laughs> it, it's funny how good LA got once they got uh, Deneau, and how bad Montreal got. You know, once he left, and I wonder if uh, maybe we undervalued just how you know how important it is to have that shutdown center. Um, Dvorsky went to the World Juniors at seventeen and a half, and was uh, tasked with playing center against. Logan Cooley, um, Bedard's line, and um, he shut them down for the most part. He was fantastic. He, you know, they had a couple of upsets and then and came within an overtime goal. In fact, I thought they were going to win against Canada 
with him playing a first line center role at 17 and a half, that's rare. Um, people, uh, you know, have, have voiced concerns about his offensive upside, but, uh, you know, he scored a goal a game at the junior level uh, this year. And again, at 17 and a half years of age, he was the second highest scorer at the, uh, at the Halinka Gretzky as a 16 year old when he played in it two years ago. So certainly whenever he's played against his peers, he's, he showed that he's got plenty of offensive upside. He's got a great shot, uh, ultra competitive, big kid, just an all round, uh, solid centerman that, you know, I I've seen comparisons with Shen, with O'Reilly. I even, uh, reminds me a little bit of Bergeron. So, I mean, you, you get a centerman that help you win playoff games. That's a safe pick that, uh, uh, smart and as competitive and as physical as he is, um, I don't think he can go wrong with that pick. Um, NHL teams like to, as, as much as you like to go for the home run, when you're picking in the top 10, you want to make sure that you get a guy that that uh, that doesn't underachieve, you know. You, do, you don't want a Galchenyuk. You, wanna, you want someone that at the very least is a, uh, is a top two center. And um, mm-hmm. I think that that's at the very least, that's what you're going to get with Dvorsky. So I like that pick for the Canadians. If they're picking, you know, five, six, seven, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I, you know what? I, I said uh, 10 questions, but uh, uh, yeah. you know, let's make it five. Okay. So two yeah. more here, two more. All right. Very quickly. Uh, Grant, why in the world have scouts and NHL teams not fought to make the draft age 20 instead of 18? For me, it's a no-brainer. Should they trade the draft age? Should they change the draft age to twenty? Uh, I yeah, I you know, I, I've thought about that before. Maybe nineteen, you know. Yeah, you, you compromise and split. Uh, it's different than the NFL, and that you know. Kids are ready a little a little sooner physically uh-huh. uh, to play to play at the NHL level. Like there's kids, you know. Did, then we wouldn't have got to see you know uh, uh, McDavid as an 18 year old in the NHL or yeah. you know Matthews or McKinnon or yeah. you know all of these guys that had great uh, great. Um, seasons before they ever turn 20 so you know there there's there's different arguments for that um uh i think it's hard you know at this point because it they're 18 it's kind of hard to change it you know yeah uh, to get it, it changed back like you have the the lawsuits and all that you know that that would that would ensue so certainly you know it's got its, its pros and cons and i can see okay. both sides of it Last one, because I think 66 Spinning, who is Sebastien from Quebec City, I think he actually wants to give me a call at one 585 7425 If he calls, I'll take it. If he doesn't call, I'm not taking it. This is the last question. No, no, hold on a second. Uh, okay, Tony and Grant, Habs need to draft a goalie, right? Grant, are they looking at a goalie? Is there a good goalie? Uh, yeah, there's two that could go in the first round, but, uh, you know, depending on where Florida ends up, I guess. Uh, are they top 15 worthy? Maybe they're Bjornsson and, and Rabel are both, you know, premium goaltenders and 
certainly from a need standpoint, I think that he's uh, he's definitely in the mix with the with the Florida pick. Mm-hmm. I also think that they they will highly consider taking David Reinbacher with the top pick. Tony, he's uh, he's Austrian defenseman. Not no holes in his game. He's he's solid. He he's going to be. A, he played in the Swiss League this year and was a minute muncher, top top pairing defenseman at his age. Um, he he's the top defenseman in this draft. He's a right defenseman. There's that that need with the Canadians. And yeah. I really think I really think that they're going to highly consider him if they pick five to seven as well. Thank you so, so very much. Agnello granted overtime tonight. You make <laughs> sure he's paid accordingly. <laughs> Grant, yeah. I know I know Agnello and, and Sammy really appreciate uh, everything you do for the podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, why, don't you. You, why don't you support Grant, folks? It's really worth it. Recruits and recruits.ca. You pick up a subscription there. It'll cost you really like less than a couple of sandwiches. What's their subscription going for, Grant? Yeah, I think it's like twenty bucks or something like that for a year. You know, uh, if you get a draft subscription, you get it the draft guide, and basically you get free draft coverage on top of that. You know, you pay for the draft guide and you get free draft coverage for a year. Yeah, so yeah. Prices are pretty pretty uh, reasonable. You really do it for the love of the game, eh? Thanks, man, for everything you do, not only for the podcast, but also for the game of hockey. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tony. All right, there you have it. Grant McCagg of Recruits and Recruits.ca. Agnello and Sammy, come up here. Agnello and Sammy, come up. Yes. What's going on? Nothing much, you. Are you ready to go to bed? About half an hour ago, maybe. We About half an hour ago? <laughs> Have you seen how many people we have watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live? Seven and the questions you, and the engagement. Yeah, it was great tonight. A lot of we have a lot of questions still. It was great just tonight. It was great every night. But Grant's awesome. Listen, let's go overtime. We are overtime. Let's go even more overtime. Go to bed, man. You, you got to fix your back. Hold on a second. But how about uh, Stefan? I think I called him Sebastien a second ago. <laughs> if Stefan from Quebec City calls you, sixty-six spinning. Right yeah. now. Yeah, he didn't call, but he didn't call. He didn't call? No, he didn't. He didn't. Okay, let's wait 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I'm going to make you this deal. We'll wait 30 seconds. 25. No, stop. <laughs> stop. If Stefan from Quebec City, known as 66 Spinning, calls, one 585 7425 That's 1-888-585-7425. 7425. If he calls in the next 60 seconds, we take his call. If he doesn't, we say goodnight. Okay? I think, yeah, I think if we take the call, I'm going to give him your personal cell number. And he can call you whenever you want every day. <laughs> I'm going to give your personal cell I number out pretty soon. Call. Hold on, hold on. Say 1010, say two. That's him? I'm not sure. Hold on a second. Take the call. I got to go pee. I'll be back in 10 seconds. No, it's not him. It's no, there's no call right now. What do you mean there's no call? There's no call right He's now. calling. 100% he's calling. No, I don't see anybody calling, sir. Uh, uh, okay, 60 seconds. If he takes the call, you can't go to the bathroom. Okay, well, I'll, I'll ask him if I can go to the bathroom if he calls. So, Stefan in Quebec City has 60 seconds to call. one 
888-585-7425. Start. He's got 60 seconds. I say he calls in the next 60 seconds. Well, he's not calling right now. Now 60 seconds. You went from 30 to 60 after the 30 was over. So how does that make sense? Euros, euros. Oh, euros. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Oh, somebody says we got to give him 66 seconds because he's 66 spinning. Yeah, he's at 66 already. Is Stefan going to call in from Quebec City, 66 spinning? No, he didn't call. Or is he going to let down an entire sick army that's waiting for him to call? No, he didn't call. You took the phone off the hook, eh? No, no. Hold on a, a second. I have a surprise for you. You want to see No, that? no, no, no. No, we got to reset. We got to start back and go oh, 66. Oh. I have a surprise for you. What's the surprise? Hold on. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on, he look. said that he's trying to call. No, look, I have a surprise for you. Watch. Yeah. Look. Hi, Grant. Hey. <laughs> What's this all about? Sick podcast. Hello? Who's this? Hello? And now he's pretending nobody's there. Hello? Hello, oh, look. One minute. Okay, one minute. Hold on. Who's that? Who is it? The only person that calls you. Hold on a second. Hello, who's this? Hello? Oh, he might have hung is he there. He might have hanged up. Not the same guy that was on. No, no, no. But why'd you bring back Grant? The poor guy wants to go to sleep. <laughs> Grant, why did he bring you back for? I don't know. Because I didn't leave. <laughs> you want to get to bed, huh? No, this is great, Tony. Yeah. Agnello, who do we have here? I don't know. We keep losing the line. I don't know what it is. But do you not pay your phone bills or what in the world's going on with you? It's him. You don't hear him that well. I think he's cutting off all the time. He's not cutting off. He's in Quebec. He's not in... Uh... Uh, he's not in Bora Bora. No. <laughs> no, he's not coming through. He's not coming through. No. You can't do this. You're really on it. You cannot do this. What's the damn number, Justin says? 1-888-585-7425. See what he says? Le gars He says oh, you're hanging up on him. Hanging up. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is? Look. All right. So now you're back? Yeah. Let's see if, uh, let's see if we can get this call. I'm confident we're going to be able to get to this call. I am. I'm confident. <laughs> Stefan, this is this is this is this is uh this is my guy, Stefan. You're playing. 66 spinning. Are you playing with us or what? I'm I'm dying to find out what's going on with Anello and Sammy right now. <laughs> I'm dying to find out. I can't believe he brought you back. Hey, I never left, Tony. My God. 66 spinning will hit the jackpot and speak to us live. This is coming in from John Wayne. This is six, <laughs> says PK. Hello. Wait. Hello. Yes. Who's this? Stefan. Hey, Stefan, come on, come on, chum. 
C'est Tony! Salut Tony, comment ça va? Ben oui, ça va bien, toi? <laughs> Number one. Hey, I'm so happy to talk to you tonight, my friend. <laughs> yes. Hey, I say hello, say hello to... With Grant tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say hello to Grant tonight. Say hello to Grant. Hello, Grant. Hello! Did you Six... move your hand tonight, Grant? I don't see your arm uh, move tonight. <laughs> Grant, move your arms. He says you didn't move your arms tonight. <laughs> Sorry about that. He moved his arms for you, Stefan. He moved them. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, oh, Stefan. It's the first time uh, since uh, nine. <laughs> no, ten. Ten. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Stefan, you know why I brought you on, eh? Because ever since you came on last week, Everyone's yes. asking about you. I saw that on the chat. My friend, hey, I have a, I have a buddy, Frank Consolo. He even follows me on Facebook. He sends me messages every day asking about you. <laughs> no, no. It's a this, whole, this whole sick army that we have, we have built a community here. We're stronger okay. than any other Habs community in the world in terms of radio, television, podcasting. This is the one. We're going to get together sometime soon. I've already talked about it with Agnello. I want to do it sometime yeah. in the month of June when the weather is going to cooperate. Right before after the draft, you, uh, I want to do it. After you lost uh, uh, 25 pounds and uh, at the same time, you're right about that. Celebrate it. Correct. I'm not going out. Good. Until I lose at least 25 pounds. Okay. Especially since right. everyone knows my weight now. Because when I was with Jean Charles on the radio on BPM Spot a couple of days ago. And we did our weigh-in. We did the weigh-in. Yes. A couple of days ago. It was yesterday. I told his son Charlie not to record when I got on the scale. And he did. And everyone saw. People are stopping I, I my wife. At the... bro broke a table uh, uh, last well, week. Yeah, he broke a table. He sat on a table and it broke. Yeah, yeah, it broke. And uh, so now, you know, people are asking my wife, saying, did your husband really give out his weight on social media? She says, well, yeah, well, he did. 271.2 pounds I weighed in on Monday. 271.2. Jean-Charles came in at 258.4. How tall are you, Tony? 6'7"? Uh, I wish I was 7'5". <laughs> I'm like 5'9 and a half. <laughs> and I, you know what? I think I need to go down to everyone says I'll be good at 220, whatever. In my ideal world, my world, I'd like to go to 190. Right? Yes, it's uh, very good. I think it's. I think it's a lot of people. You 66. remember to need that? I said to you uh, last week that the first time I saw you, it was on at Sanzis pour Saint EQS. But yes. it was the same time I saw Jean Charles. Yes. Uh, uh, There's where you meet him for the first time? 
professional. I, I met him for the first time at La Taca Sank. I think it was in 2010. I'm not sure okay. if we were on San Dispersant together or it was La Taca Sank, but I think it may have been La Taca Sank. Okay. La Taca Sank was at Radio Canada or TQS? It was at TQS. Okay. At TQS too. Okay. Yeah. San Dispersant and La Taca Sank back then was the best thing on television with the exception of Bleu Nuit. <laughs> For sure. Grant. We, yeah. Everybody, uh, everybody uh, could see, uh, uh, see some extract or some of these extraits. Yeah, the, hold, hold on a second. Uh, uh, on YouTube. You are Stephane. on YouTube in the, the uh, in 2000 at that 110% only. Yeah, yeah, hold on a second. Stefan, Stefan, hold on one second. Grant. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to turn out to be uh, quite the conversation here. I want to, once again, I want to thank you. I want you to get the bet because I feel guilty about this. Okay, so Agnello and Sammy, everyone, the whole sick army, the whole sick community, we say goodnight to Grant McCag. Okay. Okay. Good night, Grant. Okay. Night, Tony. All right. Let's keep Stefan. Okay, Stefan. Thanks, Grant, for moving your hand for me. Yes, he moved his hand. Hey, Stefan. Stefan. One more yes. time. Okay. I want you. Uh, you're probably looking right now. You're what? Okay. I've been drinking this all day. Okay. Okay. I'll watch you see. Yes. Oh, oh boy. Nature calls. I have to go to the men's room for 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. During this time there, and we're going to pick up this conversation with you when I come back. Okay. During this time, okay. there's people that are listening to you for the first time. They probably didn't hear you when you called in a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Okay. Can you introduce yourself to them again? So they know who I'm talking to and I'll be back after doing what I absolutely need to do because I want to have a good conversation with you coming up. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, you, you, you can go uh, quietly, uh, Tony. Let's go. Okay, Tony is gone. Uh, on the chat, I want to Jean-Maurice Cuckoo69 to entertain her, the chatter. Okay, Lee? okay, guys, you can uh, chat and uh, entertain the other guys. On the podcast, at the TV, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, I don't know where uh, the, this podcast is. Yes, is uh, uh, yes. So, everybody, we have a very good night tonight with uh, Grant, who uh, spoke to to us about the the, the next draft and uh, his experience in draft uh, in the, the last years. So, uh, do you think we need to draft? Uh, a forward defenseman, I think we have enough defensemen for the, the Canadian. In my mind, we need more goalies on the organization. It's uh, we Montembeau is not a bad goalies. Uh, Allen will be a second for maybe one year or two years, but uh, we the, 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 the playoff and the, the, the cup. We won the, the, the playoff and the cup with a good goalies, and we don't have the future of uh, a good goalie in the organization. Uh, so we need to, oh boy, what is this? Stefan, uh, oh. I'm back. 
It, it, it is a mix of uh, Lepage glue and vinegar. No, that is uh, it's a uh, it's a natural conditioner. I know it, it, it is your barber who uh, sells uh, yes. this, uh, this gallon to you. <laughs> yes, I well, I used to call him a barber. He wants me to be called uh, his uh, hairstylist. My uh, my hairstylist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, okay. He, he looks like a, a good, a very good guy. A very good guy. I associate with very, very good people. Okay. Okay. So now, and your barber, it's me who, who, who chat. He, he look like Marc Dupré. He looks like Marc Dupré. His name is Joey Scalzo. Okay. Joey the barber from Moxie Coiffure on Newman Street in Villa Salle, in between Lapierre and Thierry. And hopefully. Is it your regular uh, barber? I, I, I go to him all the time. And hopefully this endorsement will get me a haircut for life. If it doesn't, <laughs> it's okay. I'm happy, I'm happy to support. Good guy. Hey, he came to my house at around 10 o'clock at night while the podcast was going on to cut my hair when the salon probably closed at like 6 or 7 that night. Who does that? He could have been home with his family. No, he came. Good guy. Good guy. Yeah. And he, he doesn't uh, disturb you uh, in the podcast. He, he make it very easy. Hey, he didn't disturb me at all. It's like he wasn't even there. As a matter of fact, every now and then he chimed in. It was like I had myself a real good co-host. He talked about his story when he met Wayne Gretzky. Huh? He met him at, uh, yeah. at, 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 at the, uh, the Bonaparte Hotel in Old Montreal. Which, by the way, owned by you know two very good friends of mine, Gigi Maladi and Silvio Sicoli. We'll give them a plug too. Why not? Hopefully, it gets me a stay there one weekend or a meal at the Bonaparte this summer, Old Montreal. <laughs> by the way, they own several hotels in Old Montreal. If you ever come to Montreal and you want to stay at a hotel, you send me a note. I'll fix you up. I'll tell them to take care of you. It, it is okay. Now, last time, last time I talked with you, you, you talked to me about your your friend who uh, who was called a double shift, uh, your best player with double the, shift. And, uh, yes, and you have a good saw, memory. We saw. Uh, I I don't remember his name, but we saw him uh, last Friday. Then when you replaced uh, your your co uh, podcaster. Yes, yes, yes. That's uh that's uh Peter from Cote Saint Luke. Yes, yes, yes. A very good guy. You know what? I would try and call him right now, but it's it's eleven forty three. But he told me that he stays up usually until about midnight. Like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? I can get his voicemail. Let me call him. Yeah, you oh look at this. Fine. Hold on, hold on. He called me actually. At uh, 10.28 p.m. He probably did So if he was up an hour ago, an hour 15. Let's try. What's the worst that can happen? Hold on a second here. Hold on. It's really late. Hello? Peter! Tony, how are you, my friend? 
Peter, I'm so sorry to call you this late. It's just that. No, listen to me carefully, Peter. I'm live on my podcast right now, okay? And everyone is listening to you. All of Montreal and all Canadians fans around the world are listening to you right now on my podcast, okay? And I have a gentleman, I have a gentleman, Stefan from Quebec City, who would love to, to, to really meet you. Can we do this? Can you take down a number to call right now, and I'll see if I can get you on, and I'll put you and Stefan on together? Let me, get, let, me, let me take a pen, okay? Yeah, take a pen, please. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Stefan, just bear with us, okay? We're going to try and get Peter to call us right now, okay? Yes. If not, maybe I could even ask Agnello and Sammy to give Peter a call, but I don't know the way our telephone system works. It's a, I haven't taken the, the course yet, the training. Tonight's one of those nights, folks, by the way. Okay, Peter, the number to call, it's toll-free, so don't worry about it. It's 1-888-585-5735. Okay. I repeat, one 1- 888-585-7425. Okay, so hang up with me right now. Call that number, and Aniello and Sammy are going to patch you through. Okay, fantastic. I'm going to do it right now. Please do so. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for calling. Thank you. You're welcome, Peter. There you go. Peter, Thank who you. told me he's a night owl, he told me. Now, the only thing I'm wondering is if we can get both of you guys on at the same time, which I'm, I'm afraid that we might not be able to. Hold on a second. Don't tell me. All right. We need to... Uh, the, our producer needs to work hard. Okay, the okay. Okay. Uh, this is what we can do, okay? I've been told... I've been told by Sammy and Yellow that what we can do is we can have one call on at the same time, but we can do two videos. If I give you the link, can you come on camera? Me? Yeah. If I give you the link right now, can you click on the link and come on the camera? Would you like to be seen or would you rather not be seen? But, but uh, I'm, I'm not just on uh, under, under where in Pierre Cardin. I'm in all of in, in Pierre Cardin. <laughs> You're in Pierre Cardin right now. My, my pants is Pierre Cardin, and my upside is uh, Pierre Cardin too. Oh, you have uh, Pierre Cardin pants and a top. So you'd rather not because you're not dressed for the occasion. Is that it? Uh, right. Uh, okay. So you know what we're going to do then? I- but, but I, I think, uh, Peter, the last time it was uh, on video. No, no, no. Peter does not have that. Uh, he does. Uh, he's, no, oh, uh, it, 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 I think. Oh, it, maybe it was. No, no I was an interview before. that I did. Okay. I, okay. So how about you do this so we can have a conversation? I have an idea. Okay. I really want okay. you and Peter to meet. See, you see, in a previous life, this is what I do. Okay. I get people together. This was passed on to me from my grandfather, okay? My grandfather would, 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 would match couples together, would make people meet, stuff like that. He actually made a lot of people happy, and he made a lot of people sad. I, I think I have this gift of bringing people together. I'd like to bring you 
and Peter together. Why don't we do this? Listen to me carefully, okay? Yeah. I'm going to give you the link for the video. You're going to put it on, but you can make your camera go the, look the other way. You can turn the lights off. It doesn't. I don't have to see you. Okay. But this way we can pull it off. You want to do that? Okay. Okay. You're Very gonna... good. Okay, I try. Okay, you're going to try. Okay, hold on yeah. one second here. We need to get you the link. Now, the big question for me is, how am I going to get you this link? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold, okay? Hey. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to put you on hold. Agnello and Sammy are going to go back to you. They're going to send hey. you the link. In the meantime, okay. we're going to get Peter to call in. Then you're going to come on video. You can keep your camera off if you want or away from you or even okay. put on another top. And that's the way we're going to pull it off, okay? Yeah, right. Let, let's do this, okay? We have we have thousands of people that are counting on us right now, okay, Stefan? Okay. Okay, so we're going to put, go back to Agnello and Sammy. Okay. All right. Do we have Peter? Peter, is that you? Yeah, it's me, yes, speaking. Hey, Peter, how are you? Fantastic, Tony. I mean, we had a great evening the other day. Oh, that was... Listen, uh, Peter, what we're going to do, I want you to meet yes. Stefan from Quebec City, okay? okay. So okay. what he's going to do is he's going to join us momentarily, probably in the next minute or two, if all goes well. Okay. He's going to okay. join us, okay? And we're going to have a three-way conversation. Peter. Okay. One of my best friends in the whole wide world. Uh, we we got together last week. We watched the game together, right? The Canadians game versus right. the Bruins. Yes. And uh, I met the lovely Barbara as well. Yes, and she she said the same, same regards, by the way. Oh, what a sweetheart she is. Peter, she is. this is the first time that people who follow me have yes. heard your voice live because the other day i recorded the interview of course this is right, the first right. time this is the first time you're calling in because you haven't called in to a radio station since last may correct right whatever it is right yeah yeah and so you've never you've never called back radio right if i never called back what you never called back the radio station right no i don't think so i don't know so you just want to talk to me correct that's correct. That's correct. Hey, what great oh, moments we had, great. you and I, eh? Oh, gosh, yeah. What did you think about the show, Peter? What did you think? Fantastic. Huh? Well, you and I had double shift your best players. Team right, concept right. is total emotion and motivation. motivation. You used to call in with those acronyms all the time. Right, right. Acronyms mean something. Now, what did you tell me when we got together for supper last week? What did you tell me when you and I were on the air together? What did you tell me? You said the show, the personality, the spirit. What did you right. say? I even made you speak to my mother-in-law a couple of days ago. Remember that? Yeah, I believe I did. I, I, I mean, 
The spirit is there, will always last forever. The spirit is there, and it will always last forever. Right. Peter, no one's going to be able to do what we did. That's for, that is for sure. The entire city of Montreal was standing still, and they were chanting, Peter, Peter, Peter. When there was traffic in downtown Montreal on the highways, and people were wondering, why is there traffic? Because everyone stopped their car, were listening to the radio, came out, and were chanting your name. And now, what you and I had, we're going to bring it on this podcast. You know what's another good thing about it, about it? Yeah. You know what total motivation stands for? Tony Marinaro. Total motivation stands for Tony Marinaro, TM. And exactly. TM is also trademarked. Right, trademark, right. Yeah. The most, as they said. Yeah. By the way, uh, Peter, uh, probably... Uh, Comes as no surprise to you. Yeah. Right. But um, since I've uh, decided to move on yes. and go full-time with the podcast. Yes. Um, the, um, the market share is not the same. The audience okay. is uh, not the same. The ratings are not the same. No, I have it here. It's, okay, okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. But we had something special, Peter. Peter? That's for sure. Nothing could nothing could match it. Peter, when the Canadians trailed 3-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. and you called in, and you said yeah. Dominic Ducharme should double shift his best players. Right. Do you know that I had a shirt printed that said double shift his best players? That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Stand yeah. out. Yeah. Sweetie. Sweetie. Angela. Yeah. Do we have the double shift your best player shirt anywhere here? She's not answering. Hey, do we have Stefan? Stefan. Hello, Tudy. Stefan, how are you? I don't understand you. Uh... You hear me? No, I have... Uh... I have no sound, a, a little bit of sound. You have a little bit of sound. Okay, we have to get your sound higher. You don't hear me? Not much. Not much. I wonder why. We're supposed I don't to use know. Uh, my, my volume is on the, the top. Okay, but you hear me now, right? I will try something. Yeah, try something. Very important. In life, we have to try things. Are you trying? We have to pull this one off, Stefan. We have thousands of people counting on us. I understand, but I I understand you uh, very uh, a, li a little bit. You don't hear me all that loud. Okay, hold on a second. I'm going to try and talk louder. Hold on a second. Do you hear me better now? Do you hear me better now? No, maybe it's on my... Uh, um... Yeah. No, no, we have to fix this. We have to get back to this now. Everyone, uh, turn up the volume. By the way, we all hear you great. 
I think what's happening now is Agnello and Sammy are probably going to bring you back to the green room, and they're going to get your volume up, and they're going to put you back. Peter. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, you know, don't go anywhere, Peter. Now, no. You know, I took a, I took a chance. I got to tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever done this before in my life. I usually don't call people like at around like 1140 at night. But you told me the other day, I said, Peter, uh, the podcast goes at 10 o'clock at night. And you said, yeah. And I said, well, are you up at that time? And you said, oh, yeah, I, I don't get to bed before one o'clock. You told me, right? That's correct. That is correct. So I took a chance. I said, you know what? He told me he doesn't get to bed before one o'clock. Let's give him a call. Right. And there you are. Here's another good thing I want to tell you. This Hold is really good. Yeah, tell me. We all know about the Boston Bruins, right? Hold on. Can you hold on a second? Because I think Stefan is back. Stefan, are you back? So, yeah, we'll try with my headphones. Oh, yeah, try with the headphones. Yes. Okay. We Stefan, all talk about the Boston Bruins, right? Well, well, let's talk about the Bruins with Stefan in just a second. Hold on. He's trying his headphones okay. now. Maybe if he had a Bluetooth speaker, it would be even better. Stefan. I don't know what happened. I don't know. No, no, no. Stay, stay, Peter. Peter, Peter, we're, we're here. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'm not, I, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We just have to wait for Stefan. He's trying on headphones. He, he took himself off camera. He's wearing I his pair card dang. This is he's, really good. He's wearing his pajama de peloche tonight. Stefan, are you there? Stefan? I don't know what happened. No, no. Stefan? What happened to Stefan? I don't know. Can it be that, he, that uh, he's intimidated by, by the greatness of Peter from Cote St. Luke? <laughs> I don't know, but I have something really good to tell you. Oh, really? Yep. Tell me. This will last forever. What you're going to tell me is going to last forever. Well, if it's so good, I'm going to write it down, Peter. Okay, please do. Yeah. Okay. We all talk about the Boston Bruins, right? The Boston Bruins, yes. How good they were and how great, how, how good they are, right? The Boston Bruins, how good they were and how great they are. Good and great, yes. Now, what I'm going to say, a little bit of sound stands for L-B-O-S. Little bit of sound. And the B-O-S sounds it's like Boston. Little bit of sound and B-O-S for Boston. It sounds like, like Boston. L-B-O-S. And hopefully they take an L in the playoffs because an L would be a loss. Right. Yeah. A little, so that's, a little something that I came up with. That's, that's riveting. Well, thank you. This is riveting. Only you can think of this on such short notice like this, on the fly, just like that. Right, right. You are quick, you are witty, and you are my friend, Peter from Cote St. Luke. In and the I meantime, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Stefan is rolling one up or whatever, what he's doing, boo. But Stefan, you know, we put people nowadays on the moon. We put them on the moon. All we did was send Stefan a link to join our video call and get on. He's making it very, very complicated. 
We put people on the moon. We could take a drone. We could fly it. I don't know where. It can land on top of somebody's house. It can actually land in their backyard. It can show us video of everything around the house. But yet Stefan is having a challenge with the video call. Just tell Stefan to call on the phone. We can't because to have two callers on together at the same time, we don't have that technology, which, by the way, we should. Agnello and Sammy, can we place a call tomorrow? I want to have as many people on the line together as possible. We have to do a video call, this, that, whatever. Okay. Okay. Sammy just said, let's do an all-nighter. Oh. Peter, have you done an all-nighter before? In which way? That's that's a great question because that question can be interpreted many ways, right? An all-nighter could be could be up all night. Could be up all night. I mean, the last time I did an all-nighter was the honeymoon. But that's that's another story for another day. Right. Mind you, it's 12.01 a.m. And at this, right. po- at this point, all the kids are asleep. And we could probably talk about this stuff if we wanted to. Right, right. Yeah, why not? I mean, we're all adults here. The last time I had an all-nighter was the honeymoon. This is well, the podcast cool. that never sleeps. If Sammy wants to go all night, you know... And- I can talk for the and next three hours. Not a problem. The honeymooners. I beg your pardon? Yeah. The, the all-nighter was not Jackie Gleason and the honeymooners. It was, it was not Jackie Gleason and the honeymooners. No. Was no. Us? No. By the way, do you know the story of Robert? Which Robert? So Robert is one of my former callers. Okay. okay. And Robert called in to tell us that when he got married, he yeah. went on a honeymoon in Jamaica. Okay. And after one day, yeah, his wife was no longer having breakfast with him. She oh. was having breakfast with Juan Pablo, the yoga teacher. All right. Okay. With Juan Pablo, the yoga teacher. All right. And uh, he thought it was fishy. So he asked her what was going on. Yeah. And she went back and she told Robert, Robert, I don't love you anymore. I just, you know, I I think this was a mistake. So then she moved out of that room into another room. They stayed there for the entire week anyway. Yeah. And when they came back on the plane, different seats, right? Yeah. But that's it. After one day, she hooked up with Juan Pablo, the yoga teacher. Huh. That's the story of Robert. There's, a, there's, a, there's another twist to this whole story here. And that is, is that years later, and by the way, her name was Bianca. His ex-wife, Bianca. Years later, he hooked up with Stephanie. And he got married with Stephanie. 
And huh. he went on his honeymoon. And where do you think he went? Back to Jamaica no to the exact same resort. And I said to him, I said, Robert, like, are you just asking for trouble here? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to Jamaica for your honeymoon after your wife left you day one for Juan Pablo, the yoga teacher? Doesn't make sense. And he said, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen with this one. And so... He was calling me live from his second honeymoon with Stephanie, <laughs> trying to win a contest because I think we were giving out some tickets or something. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, Robert, after you lost your first wife after one day to Juan Pablo, you're going back to the same country and the same resort on your second honeymoon. And you're calling me like, Peter, I don't know about you. But when I went on my honeymoon, the last thing on my mind was picking up the phone to call a radio station to try and win a contest. The last thing on my mind, period, was to pick up the phone. I wasn't calling anybody when I was on my honeymoon. You understand what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. Like, you know, in life, we have certain obligations, and there's certain duties, responsibilities. And there's certain things that you should just do. And when you go on your honeymoon, it's not supposed to be spent on the phone calling radio stations back home. It should be, it should be celebrating your, your, uh, your vacation, your honeymoon. You, or you should be celebrating your honeymoon. Right. You know, you go for about a week and maybe, just maybe, you see the beach. Maybe. Maybe you actually go into the water. Maybe. For the most part, most people spend most of their time on the honeymoon in their room. Oh, my God. Right. Look what we have here. Right. Stefan, is that you? Yes, it's me. Hello, Tony. Hey, Stefan, this is unbelievable. You got dressed up for the occasion. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. I put a hockey jersey for you, just for you. Oh, my God. It's the Los Angeles Kings. Yes. C'est Marcel Dion that you no. have in the back? Or what? I have my family name on the back. Oh, your family name. And, and can I ask what that is? Yes. Maybe you could see. Okay. Yeah, Check. turn around. Yeah, yeah. Don't move the camera anymore. I'm getting dizzy. Turn around. I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just turn around. Do a 180. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. No, I don't see it yet. You're not in the camera. Stefan, this is wonderful, by the way. Why don't we do this, Stefan, for this to go better, okay? Look at this. He's taking off the... Sh this guy's the best. Look at this. Check what's up, Peter. He's putting his jersey now in the camera. Hold on. He's going to... Vachon! Hey! This is Shandai de Rogi Vachon! Yes, it's my family name. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. But when I was young, my neighbors, mon voisin, yeah, was Mario Lessard. Yes, from East Broughton. I, I'm born in East Broughton. Mario, uh, Mario, Stefan, can we do this? This is great, by the way, that I can see you. By any chance, can you put your phone landscape like sideways? This way, we'll see you even better. Like that. 
Yeah. No, no, just uh, sideways. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, hey, I want you to meet Peter from Cote St. Luke. Peter, I want you to meet Stefan. Hello, Pete. Ah, ah, Stefan, it's great to speak with you. Yes. Peter? Comment on dit, Tony, Peter, c'est un sage. Moi, quand je l'écoute, c'est comme un sage. Stefan says that you're a very wise man. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Peter. Comments mean a lot. Peter, Stefan is very impressed that when the Canadians were down three games to one versus the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs, yeah. you called my radio show at the time the best radio show in the history of Montreal radio shows. Correct? Correct. I'm 100%. You called and you had advice for Dominic Ducharme. What did you say? What did you say that day on the air that he should do? Double shift your best players. Double shift your best players. Stefan, you know what happened? Luckily, Toronto, they didn't double shift their best players. The Canadians did. They came back. They won game five, game six, game seven. They won the series. Absolutely. That's it. Yes, that's it. Yeah. But, that's uh, it. but Peter... Uh, Called that on your podcast at the radio. Or? That was at the radio back then. At the radio, okay. Tonight is right. his first call of many calls to the podcast. He's going to end up becoming a regular. We're going to get him a tablet. We're going to hook him up. He's going to do the video call just like you're doing. People are going to be able to see him. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Right. Double shift your best players. The best call in the the, the last 10 years. You know... What team stands for? The team concept. Team. T-E-A-M. You know what that stands for? You say you said that uh, last last week, but I don't remember exactly. Peter, Peter tell him so he's going to remember. Team concept, tell him. Total, total. Okay. The team concept is total emotion and motivation. Total emotion and motivation. motivation. That's it. Motivation, yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. It's better than the, the concept of culture. Peter, uh, Peter, this is what I'm going to do because I'm on two hours and 10 minutes. Okay. And, and the beauty of podcasting here, there's no commercials. You understand? This is not like you do a two-hour show, but minus 40 minutes of commercials, there's an hour, 20. No, 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 no. This is straight. You understand? None of the commercial yeah. stuff, whatever, okay? I'm going to take yeah. a break. I'm going to sit back for the next two or three minutes. And I want you to have a conversation with Stefan, who lives in Quebec right. City and was a big fan of the Quebec Nordiques back in the day and a big fan of the late, great Guy Lafleur. Right there. You see that chair? For sure. That's Guy Lafleur. He signed that. Look at that. It says Guy Lafleur, number 10, Flower, Hockey Hall of Fame, 1988, Five Cups. Peter. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you and Stefan a two-minute conversation, all right? Okay. And I'm going to sit okay. back. Go. Okay. Yes. Yes, Peter. The important thing is if you have the total emotion and motivation, you think positive. And yes. that's how you win. That's how you, that's how you win games. For sure. And I'll... If you do... have that concept there... 
you never you never lose. Right. And Peter, how do you see the next uh, next year and the next two years for the the Canadian? I know it it is a reconstruction, but uh, I think uh, Martin Saint Louis uh, wants to win uh, uh, next year or maybe in two years, and he he's going to call uh, a use to to make uh, to to draft a good player or to to make make a, a trade. What's your opinion? Well. What they have to do is either draft some players that have the same intensity as Rene, as, Vin, as Vinny LeCavalier. Okay. And if you have a player like Vinny LeCavalier, you can get that player from either the Quebec League or bring that player in from Europe. And you have that player with the same image as Vinny LeCavalier, and you know, you can't lose. Okay. Maybe a Slavkovsky will be in this line, the, this kind of player. He, he's tall, he's, uh, he have a, a, a lot of weight. He's a right-hander, I think. Uh, and uh, But the, the other uh, prospect in the... In, in the farm of the, the, the Canadian, I, I think they, they are very small in defense and in offense. Mm -hmm. I'm right or? Uh... Yeah, well, they don't really have any, any, any players with height. So if you have a player that has the same image, the same looks like Vinny LeCavalier, you can't lose. Absolutely. But, but, but now we, we have... Uh, we have Anderson, we have Dyke. We don't have a, any uh, big player on the offense. Okay, Slavkowski, but he, he, next year he, he will be he has, he has, uh, 19 years old. So yeah. uh, we are not very big at the offense. No, well, you need a guy that have the same type of intensity as Vinny LeCavalier. And you can't lose. Well, uh, you know, it's probably it's probably better to have a guy with the intensity of uh, Marty Saint Louis. Okay, what? But uh, we can just have uh, Tony uh, Suzuki, uh, Caulfield. Uh, we saw uh, uh, all those uh, forwarders. Uh, maybe I think they are too small. You think they're all too small, eh? The the prospect and uh, see Gallagher is small. Uh, Uh, Aris is not very big. Uh, yeah. Caulfield is small. Suzuki is small. Uh, Rafael Arvipinar is small. The newest guy uh, tonight is small. He's uh, small too, yeah. Peter, I like what uh, Stefan is saying. There's a lot of talent on this team, but I think he's worried right. that you're going to have too many small players at the same time. Everyone knows that Caulfield is small, but he's a great goal scorer. But Stefan is just worried that there's going to be too many small players at the same time. So he wants, that's, you know, at least they have some pretty big players too, Stefan. They have Slavkowski. They have Josh Anderson. They yeah. have Kirby Doc. Okay. They have Kaden Gooley. They have Kovacevic. Mm -hmm. Joel Edmondson right now is a big guy too. Okay. And no, at the, at the defense, it's okay. Yeah. But uh, I, okay. I, I talk uh, for, the, for the forward three. For the forward. 
to, 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 to the forward. See ya. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. What you're saying is you can see them going forward making the playoffs because they'll get by on scale 82 games, but you don't see them getting through the entire marathon that is the playoffs because they're going to wear down because they're too small. Right. That's right. What he, Peter, what do you think of what he's saying? Well, he, he has a point there. As I say, you need to have get a player that yeah. has that's like that resembles Vinny LeCavalier. Okay, so what you're saying is, you're saying the Canadians should go after Pierre Luc Dubois. Peter, that's well, what how, you're saying, right? How, how large is the Dubois? Pierre Luc Dubois is a six foot three. Okay, that's a big you boy. Have the same. Intensity as Le Cavalier. Uh, you know what? I, I would say that it's, 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 it's close. I mean, he's never won the Stanley Cup yet, but Pierre-Luc Dubois is a good six foot two and a half, a good 210, 212 pounds. He's been in the National Hockey League for about seven seasons. He has 25 goals and 33 assists and 58 points thus far this year. You know, he hails from saint agathe des monts and he okay. played for Marty St. Louis when he was a consultant with the Columbus Blue Jackets when Tortorella was coach. And he really wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens. And he's in Winnipeg right now. His contract's up at the end of the year. He'll have one more year as a restricted free agent, and then he goes UFA. Peter from Cote St. Luke, are you saying right now that if for the Montreal Canadiens to win the Stanley Cup, they need to make a deal for Pierre-Luc Dubois? A good player to have, it'd be an excellent player to have on the team. Excellent player. And what would you be willing to give up, Peter? That is a question I don't know, to be honest with you. It's something that you'd know. have to think about it because you're not the emotional type when you make trades. But no. Tony, my, my, my point is it's not that we need exactly Pierre Dubois. We need a, a, a hockey player like Pierre Dubois. Maybe not next years, but in two or three years, we need uh, a guy like him. And I know your point, uh, uh, Tony. I think on the ice, you're okay that Pierre Dubois is a good player. Your point is at, at out the ice, I think, that you have some uh, question about no. uh, Pierre Dubois. I have two questions. And by the way, if you love what we're doing here, comment sick. Sammy wants you to comment sick if you want us to keep on going. I want to keep on going. My wife is messaging me at 100 miles an hour. She's trying to get to sleep. For whatever reason, we never put a door here. She hears everything that I'm saying. I think I'm going to be in the doghouse starting tomorrow. But anyway. Okay. Uh, Stefan, this is what I say. Okay. I say that I like Pierre-Luc Dubois. Everyone does. It worries me that he's wanted out of the two teams that he's been with. That works. Yes. It's a fact. It's a no, fact. Number two, number two, Caulfield's going to make a lot of money here. They're probably going to give him upwards of $8 million. Suzuki's making 7.875. You're going to have some other contracts that you're going to have to give players money to at some point here. And, you know, players are going to get raises, and you, you're going to need to have some players on entry-level contracts. If you go out and you get Pierre-Luc Dubois, how much money are you giving him? Are you giving him more? Are you going to give him more than Suzuki? Even six million. 
And I'm going to tell you something, and this is something that nobody has brought up yet in this market. Nobody. But because I'm Marinaro and I'm a step ahead with all the other ones that do this kind of work, you understand? Mm -hmm. I'm on the other side of the street and I'm whistling to everybody saying, guys, I'm over here. I'm going to bring up something now for the very first time in all this Pierre-Luc Dubois talk that you haven't heard anywhere. French radio, English radio, television, nowhere, no other podcast. There's going to be a challenge if the Canadians acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois. Do you want to know what that challenge is going to be? Listen carefully to what I tell you. Write this down if you're going to forget it, or we can save it here because this is going in the library. This is going in the archive. At one point, somebody from the French media is going to say that Pierre-Luc Dubois should be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens and not Nick Suzuki. No, no, no. I bet you someone is going to say that at some point because he's a gut Listen, I know the way this business works. I'm going to tell you the way it works. You can tell me the way your line of work works. I can tell you the way my line of work works. The French media, they like to have a lot of good chenou play on the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadians to go out to get a lot of these good chenou. Okay? For two reasons. Number one, they end up becoming chummy chummy avec. They get invited to their barbecues in the summer. Hey, they even get invited to their weddings. Believe me when I tell you this, number one. So they end up making contacts. You understand? Number one. Number two, the more French players, the more players are interviewed, the more audio clips they have for their show, and they have material. If you don't have French players here, only English players are interviewed, and if you listen, they rarely, rarely play any of the audio, any of the clips. That's why they want un directeur général qui parle en français, un entraîneur qui parle en français, mm. des joueurs qui sont français. This is it. But, but we... so if he would be the captain, he would talk even more. Everybody knows, everybody knows that Pierre-Luc Dubois is not captain material. Everybody yeah. knows that. But Tony, if we knows... have more French players in the team, yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't need to be a captain or an assistant. You have the example right uh, juste en arrière de toi, Guy Lafleur. Jamais été assistant, jamais été capitaine parce qu'il y avait beaucoup de, Québec, de francophones dans l'équipe. Mm-hmm. Well, also, they didn't want to put the pressure on him knowing that he was scoring 50 to 60 goals a year. But don't forget, back in the day, the Canadians had some big-time captains. Like, nobody ever questioned Serge Savard's captaincy. Never. Nobody ever questioned Bob Gainey's captaincy. Now, I could be wrong on this. You raise a great point, and you might be right, and I might be wrong. And then, you know what? In a year from now, Agnello's going to get rid of me, and he's going to hire you to do the podcast. Okay? At that point, you have a decision to make. And the decision is going to be whether or not you're content on 40,000 a month. <laughs> you understand? If you are, you go for it. If not, you don't. But you might be right. 
You might be right. Maybe. Maybe. Peter. Yes. Stefan doesn't know this, but for a long time, you were willing to offer your services to the Montreal Canadiens. That's correct. Stefan, I have never met anyone with the energy and the determination that Peter has at this stage of his life. It's unbelievable. This man will work until the very last second. Right. I approve. I approve, Tony. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Peter. Right. I hope this is the first of many where we put you on with Stefan or with other people and we have this kind of conversation. I hope so because seriousness means a lot. It means a lot. Communication means a lot. Communication is everything. So that is... That's right. That is 66 spinning to answer Kelly wearing the Los Angeles Kings jersey and the glasses. He got out of his uh, Pierre Gardet pajama de Palacios, and he got dressed like that. And uh, that's he's on video. Look at those pants. Look at that. Guarda tu. Guarda tu. Hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you, you take hockey players. Yeah. How... Success of a hockey player is position. Yeah. How good they are on the ice. Yeah. And tie into the team. If you have a team, a, if you have a leader out there, the yeah. leader wins for the team. Yeah. Guys, in ending, because I think we can end this now because, you know, I, I feel like I got to get off because my wife's going to leave me and I have too much to lose. At the same okay. time, I, I feel like if she's going to leave yeah, me anyway, I might as well just stay on. Peter, yes. why don't we do this? For Stefan, so we can remember our very first time on the sick podcast together, all three of us. Okay. Stefan, have you ever heard the song Felicita from Albano Carisi and Romina Power? I don't remember those. You never heard that song? No. This is one of the most passionate songs, one of the best songs. It Felicità means happiness in Italian, okay? Right. Peter. Yes. Sing with me for Stefan. Okay. Uh, Felicità. I'll do my best, okay? E tenersi per mano, andare lontano la felicità. Felicità. E tu sguardo innocente in mezzo alla gente la felicità. felicità. E restare vicini yeah. come bambini la felicità. 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 Yeah. felicità. felicità. Yeah. felicità. E un cuscino di piume, l'acqua del fiume che passa e che va. E la pioggia che scende dentro le tende la felicità. felicità. E abbassare la luce per fare pace la felicità. 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 E un bicchiere di vino con un panino, la felicità. Peter, I can't hear you. E ha lasciato un biglietto dentro il cassetto, la felicità. Peter, Gagnero, Vincero. E cantare due voci, quanto mi piace, la felicità, felicità. Stefan. 
Senti nell'aria c'è già la nostra canzone d'amore che va come un pensiero che sa di felicità. Stefan, thank you for being a good sport. We'll talk to you again. Adame, mon chum. Peter. Salutoni. Peter, have a great night. God bless you. I love you, buddy. Thank you, Tony, and thank you, uh, Stefan. It, it was a wonderful conversation, and communication is the key to everything. If you communicate, you, 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 you win the battle. That's what we're doing here, Peter. To everyone who stuck with us, starting from 10, a, 10 p.m. all the way until right. now. This right. is the longest we've gone, but I have a feeling we're going to break this record. Thanks for all your support, especially, of course, the Energy Transportation Group and La Bitta TV, who bring you the sick podcast. Franiello Cavallaro and Sammy Cavallaro. Thank you, Peter. Have a great night. I'm Marinaro. This podcast is sick. I am sick. We are the sick army. We are the sick community. And we're taking over the podcast scene in Montreal in Quebec, in Canada, and beyond. Tomorrow, 10 p.m. Talk to you again. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.